Remember that? My daddy be doing shit like that, bro. That nigga, that nigga be going ham on my mama, man. And she don't take no shit. You ever seen? Uh, and we still together. That's how they act. My mama would be like, "Good morning, Carl. What the fuck's so good about it?" <laughs> well, you're alive. You didn't die. Well, if I died, I wouldn't have to see your ass. I'll be like, man, why y'all go so fucking hard on each other? They clap. They clap back game. That even clap back. <laughs> strike it up. They strike it up, crush. God. I'm so goddamn relaxed. <laughs> Yo, what's up? This is your boy Joey Burnham, and this is another episode of the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. You fucking up. Yeah, I'm up here looking in the book. Like, go on, hit me. Yo, up. yo, what's up? This is your boy, Joey Burnham, and this is another episode of the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. With your boy, Fred Freeze. Fred Frio. Oh. Yes, this is Rio. Oh. Everything is grande. Hey. Nothing is petito. We got a special guest, a very special guest today, the Ox God, a.k.a. Eugene, B.K.A. Eugene Wright in this motherfucker. And I have. What's good, y'all? Good to see you, man. man good to see to be you, here, man. I'm, I'm, I'm long overdue, but thank y'all for having me, for real. Man, we was trying to get you when the shit was at my crib like a year ago. When this shit basically first came out, we was trying to get you to come to my crib. That's like 58, 55, 58 episodes. I checked the count. I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that. That's real nigga rap. I appreciate that, bro. Yeah, 58 episodes. Yeah, man. So, what was that about? Forty episodes ago or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> we was about eighteen in or some shit like that. But goddamn, yeah, oh, man. We here though, man. What's good? Yeah, man. Goddamn, the album, man. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> Appreciate it. Ubik's Cube, nineteen tracks of awesomeness. What I like about it. And I'm gonna pass the mic to you because I know you got a whole lot you want to say. But what I off the bat I'm gonna say what I like about the album is that I don't have to skip any fucking tracks. That's how I judge an album. I judge an album on how many times do I have to skip a track, and if I can just let it ride, that's a good goddamn album. And I can play every single song on your album, bro. Appreciate it, man. Sonically, it sounds good. It's everything fits. And if, if you read the manifesto, it pretty much gives you the game. It's the director's cut. It's the game for the album. But everything fits. Sonically, the themes tie into what you're saying. It ties into the visuals. Like you, you gave me, and I'm being selfish here. Fuck everybody else. I'm gonna say what I like about it and what you gave me. Me being a, a diehard hip hop nigga, the way I intake music, my first thing is what am I seeing? So I see the tree, I see the uh, the Rubik's or the Ubik's cubes, and I see the children feeding off that tree of knowledge, trying to unlock and decipher life. I see that first. Straight up. So boom, I'm already like, this shit can't be whack. <laughs> you feel me? Because visually, because I'm in, that's how you take in the world. You take in the world first through what you see, right? Right. So then next is is the auditory, what you hear. When I hear it, 
I hear my nigga Morgan Freeman on that bitch. <laughs> my nigga, <laughs> my nigga had. But I heard Morgan Freeman. My nigga Morgan Freeman was on there. He said, "My nigga Eugene's gonna wreck. <laughs> my nigga Eugene gonna kill this shit, cause he was no, nah, he wasn't that hood with it. But my nigga, tell me about that. Tell me about that process, cause I know that ain't the real Morgan Freeman. But I've heard that guy do a lot of big TV work. Is it that guy or what? Nah, man, this is actually like a. Like I, pref- I try to keep the features and like the money here in the city, but this was just, that was just something so unique. I just went to like Fiverr and hired a voice actor. So he yeah, my brother like, was saying that. So it's like so much per word, you know what I mean? But basically, I wrote all the text myself, and I, I like a lot of Morgan. Everybody love Morgan Freeman movies, yeah. so so it's like, how would he say this? Uh, yeah, so yeah. That's why I was able to like customize the dialogue to fit in the album. But yeah, we just hired, I just hired a voice actor from Fiverr. Um, it's actually something like. British white kid <laughs> like the UK <laughs> when I hear him I hear like a 70 year old black man him Morgan Freeman he put it right on the money but that that was calculated because like it's like a hidden theme and I guess that's actually covered in the book as well every song is like based off of a movie yeah so it's like what what movie what what's the best way to put the feel of a movie there without making it obvious Morgan Freeman there. Morgan Freeman. (laughs) Put God himself in there. Exactly. So like let's aim with that. That's why I was like, okay, that's where we're gonna start at. So basically like all the music, just little stuff I do to challenge myself. Like like every song is basically like a soundtrack to a certain movie that I like. Like even how you saying like the tree of knowledge and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you listen to track one, that second verse that's being sung by uh shout out to my homegirl India Rashad. Yes sir. That's the song the hanging tree from the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. But it just tied in because we're in Alabama, we had literal hanging trees. Yeah, so I'm able to flip that mean and then how that was their battle cry and all. So using little little yeah. nuances like that mm-hmm. to try to tie in the idea. But yeah, yeah all this broke down in the manifesto too. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Fred, you got something you want to say, my bro? Oh uh, yeah. Um, again, uh, as Joe has already stated, we you know we're glad to have you here and everything like that. And um, there's a lot I liked about the album. One of the things I like most is that you took the time to actually do this book with it, because as a person who's an album head, we read linear notes. Yeah, we like to get this into is the old school feel. Yeah, exactly. We like to get into the mind of an artist. And uh, as you know, the reason why I, I champion artists like you around the city. Because of the fact that you guys are the thoughtful artists that basically the hip hop element that is always slept on and is always kind of kept back. You can't say um, Alabama can't rap. Exactly. Because of niggas. Exactly. Like you know, you know, and, and, you know, us old tooth and gray beards, we fought our battle during our time. You know what I'm saying? And we still fight on. But we are happy, you know, more than ecstatic to see young people step forward and still say there's something else to say in this and like i said i see it all like i tell people i've seen it all and you know i have no i really don't have disdain like we were just talking earlier about what's going on in the club I, hey it's all about life music is about life if if ignorance exists in life it can exist anywhere if fun and sometimes you're just having fun sometimes you're just being silly sometimes you're just whatever you know so, but sometimes you're being meaningful and yes, that's sir. all of that stuff and i like what you've done here you created a bunch of easter eggs within it yeah um one thing i like to ask you about just kind of going back for people who are not familiar with you like as we are who've checked out your material before i've seen you perform numerous times 
um you know wish i could have saw you more but it's like you know schedules and stuff ain't yeah ain't, it's not life life, life is life. life life bills must be paid you know like i said <laughs> bills but, and dues yeah yes, bills sir. and dues uh kind of tell us about your start because i because this is kind of like introduction more to our audience of who eugenius neutron is i mean even the fact that you know we like to, i like the fact, the fact was, that they should fucking know they should know Shame but just you. let them know a little bit about yourself uh let them know about your recording history because you have an extensive recording history i would like to even hear some of your further back material personally you i try to dig it up oh yeah i got you know i've got from when he came in well from when i kind of came exposed with him but he's way he's deep he's way he's way deeper than that he's way deeper than that but get, get this is an opportunity i want you to take this opportunity to kind of let people know a little bit about this okay so um birmingham native of course west side probably. but um west side. i end up uh i end up uh getting my start from music man it was kind of early my uh, pops actually used to rap they had a group uh called um papas back in the day used to record out of b-boys yeah b-boys records and taping and Ansley. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, I know about all that. I was in there too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never got a chance to record in there, but just being in the atmosphere, you know, and then little stuff I picked up on just from being there, like even seeing how they just played chess between like writing raps and stuff. That's the little things I picked up later in life I didn't realize till I look uh-huh. back. Like that's why it's I part started of the how to play chess. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we was, I was probably about uh, I was probably about nine years old when that first happened. But I always had a liking for music and then by pops being in the local music scene i got to get hands on a lot of stuff that nobody else really listened right. to so i kind of right. grew up in local music culture whether that was uh Damn. b-boys records and tape whether it was uh mm-hmm. you know stuff like swab house or red light district like at all these birmingham okay. like music that I just grew up in the house with. So now it makes sense. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, okay, this was, that was my household. Okay. But then as I started getting older, you know, I wanted to record. It was like something my dad was taking serious, but in, all, it was, in reality, it was short-lived. You know what I'm saying? Just because business, money, people, you know how that can get. Life. Yeah, and then yeah. time like late 90s at that point. So, yeah. Um, record store basically crashed a bunch of other chaos I'm, i was too young to understand it. yeah yeah right but they let it go so but me, me still being want to do music you it's know, in you it was in you it wasn't going nowhere no nah, no nah, it wasn't going nowhere but then i could never record in there because he let me on stage one time that nigga like, don't nah, like that shit i, I look I in his eyes he said i could never record in there yeah i couldn't he, yeah. i never could record in the big studio so yeah. it became a thing it was like okay how am I, i'm gonna record something so you know at that time you know cds were like the main thing but my folks had this big collection of music so we just had a bunch of blank cassette tapes mm. so we take like the cassette tapes and stuff them with the paper yeah like, so we can yeah. record over them like which you talk about on the album yes that because that was a real thing we take the uh i'd beatbox on one tape put it in the stereo move that speaker next to the <laughs> other microphone <laughs> and then, and then, that's, yeah 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 so <laughs> you you one of the last of the babies to understand that pause mixtape and stuff. They don't understand. Yeah, they don't understand. They don't understand the struggle. Like I told people when I first got my first drum machine, or like even being around the SU10 up to the MPC, it was just like it's all you ever wanted. You saved your money for it, and unlike these internet kids nowadays, there was no internet. So you got this big spaceship 
and a manual. Yeah. And you had to just figure it out. You know, and I mean, really, I was telling somebody the other day, the guys from Fame Studio, where the big guys have recorded and stuff like that, up in um, North Alabama, you know, uh, shout out to my people, G-Man, and all these other guys up there. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, uh, Cody G is up there now. You you know these people. Uh, like, um, but it was hilarious. They were impressed that kids like us had figured that stuff out because we were sitting there with that stuff and in the countryside like because we had nothing but time and you sitting there like exactly this dude i'm exactly like you know you come home from school getting beat every day with that thing but you were known to do that you know what i mean and that's even coming from the midwest down here so i had to jump on it from there i had a different understanding of hip-hop i had a different understanding of you know lyrics and battles and the pecking order and yeah, stuff like you that. You and I like, both. Yeah, exactly. Because like Chicago, we could, we could being from Detroit. Exactly. Yeah. You couldn't touch a mic. You couldn't touch a mic until it was your time to touch a mic. Because these dudes were battling for real. Right. You know, it was like serious. Like it was a serious game. So when you said that, that's a touchstone. When you actually said that about that was a desire. That was that's the true essence of hip hop. Because it's almost like I told people. Not only is it collage art, but it's like black punk. He discovered it's a DIY. Exactly. He was, he was born into it. Yeah. From what he was saying with his family, he yeah. was born into it, he inherited it, but he also discovered hip-hop. And he discovered the elements, the DIY elements that make hip-hop hip-hop. It's a lot of niggas, man, they jump in this shit because and of the fame, because of the, the glitz, the machismo. They jump in this shit because it's it's the, the money. Yeah. Like, it looks a certain way, so that's why they jump into it. Not that they can't rap, but it's a certain stumbling upon that kind of makes you a real MC and a real artist yeah it's that passion you can see the passion because that's yeah. what's there that's what's there when everything else runs out like I see a lot of artists that are kind of like at the point where you know you, like people run out of their stories mm-hmm. or they need to take a break for a minute because it's like it's inside of you and you gotta like I told people I'm always gonna be recording I'm always gonna be doing this I'm always even if that's I don't share even if I this don't shit, share it with you yeah. I can't I can't stop this shit is this bigger is in, than this checks. Is, this, is, this is in my soul. This and, is breathing. Yeah. Like they be like, man, freeze you. I'm like, man, I filled the filled the rap book the other day. I just closed another book. I got books. You know what I'm saying? So, but my thing is, I do it, but not not. I'm not doing it for anybody else. I'm doing it because I must. You know, I'm doing it for my friends that are gone. You know, that that passed on. I'm doing it for because hey, they said you don't stop, so I don't stop. So that's it. You know, eulogies. Amazing fucking song. Every song is dope. So you're going to hear me say that shit a million fucking times. But eulogies, what I like is, I like the whole fucking song, but the visuals, metaphorically, I like how at the end, spoiler alert, I like how at the end, when death reveals himself to be you, I think the metaphor means you are your own worst enemy. Exactly. That and you can run from you you can't run from yourself <laughs> like, mm-hmm. which you try to in the video and that nigga yeah. got your ass exactly yeah so, but that's exactly what it meant though yeah that's exactly what it meant on a visual tip because even with that record that's like track two on the album yes sir like that's the thesis i actually had for the album was like breaking down the psyche of the young black male is as complicated as solving the rubik's cube mm-hmm. that's what the entire album is based off of that and every record is trying to prove that so to first understand like the psyche of the young black male in america 
you have to deal with the apparent feeling of death at any moment. So mm-hmm. eulogies, you know, being usually happen when somebody died, and you can view that, and it's based off the movie The Sixth Sense. I ain't gonna go into all of that, but you can basically view it as, uh, you know, you're a dead man walking, or uh, you can use that to be fearless, to not even fear death, right? And use it as courage. It just uh-huh. depends on which way you want to take it. Yeah. So, and understanding that dynamic of like, okay, I'm a young black man, and I'm gonna have to deal with this one way or another. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I can either cater to my destruction, or I can use it to empower myself. Yeah. Because you gotta make a choice. The choice is gonna be made one way or another. Yeah, true. I mean, because even the song saying stuff like. Uh, you know, I might have to kill these niggas. That's what Bull Connor said <laughs> in the, back in the 60s. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? His name was Eugene. My name is Eugene. It's like, okay, I really dealt with that going up. Like, why does nigga got to have my name? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, later on in the song, I say, you know, uh, I say it's death inside my liquor, black and mild in my swisher, on my TV pictures. Like, these are things I digest by choice. You know what I'm saying? So understanding I play a role in this too. Mm-hmm. But setting that clear that... I don't know if the word is dichotomy, but yeah, the, yeah, the balance dichotomy. that I yeah. need in order to bring the idea more surface range, because now it's an internal and an external thing. Right. If that makes sense. That makes a lot of goddamn sense. Yeah, man, the, the visuals for that. I like how it's all planned out when you do your projects. When you do most of the projects that I've heard, it's all planned out. It all, uh, like, for, for example, when I rap, <laughs> dope lyrics, put them on the beat. Boom. When you rap, you know how the video will correlate to the words. You know how the visuals will correlate to the words. You just ain't writing lyrics. And if you did that, it'd still be dope. But you just ain't right. I assume. You just ain't writing lyrics and throwing them on the beat. You have, you're using all your senses to write. So it's like, all right, I have the visuals that will match this bar. I have the look that will match this album. And they're all going to feed off each other. So when you hear these words, it's going to remind you of the album cover. When you look at the album cover, it's going to remind you of this bar or this song on the track. So it all ties in together. So you don't you don't have, a as, as a listener to your music, you don't have an opportunity to not use the turbines in your head like you have to think because everything is like like he said those easter eggs that's hip-hop you know what i'm saying that's real hip-hop that's that's real experimental next level shit and i appreciate that i really do appreciate that as an artist myself bro thank you like as i get older you know then like physically like I like he said but he's in a few shows I used to be able to jump up and down and like have the energy is like almost on like rock star level performance but now that I'm older it's like okay can't do all that no more so try, what I'm trying to do is stay hip-hop you know mm-hmm. at the truest essence but also move to something more of like sit down rap mm-hmm. like very cerebral rap like okay let's think about it let's talk about it let's See if we can paint a picture. Understand it. So. Cerebral. It's very. Th- thank you. All that shit I just said. <laughs> all that long-winded shit I just said could have just been summed up. Man, his shit is very cerebral. You're like Professor X writing bars. <laughs> like that's what I'm trying to. Be. You gotta use your brain. It's not a forward. You don't enter into his music 
in a linear way. You got to go in, boom, 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 boom. Like, well, the first thing you do is you got to look around. <laughs> like, if you do come in, like, okay, what's all of this? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You got to use all your senses to understand the music. You can just use your ears to enjoy it. But you got to use touch. You got you got the physical aspect. Hearing wise, you got the lyric and the in the music and the sonics. And I just really I can't I can't I can't express myself enough on that, bro. I really appreciate that shit. This shit ain't lazy in any area. It's not lazy at all. Oh, nah, man. Like I have this habit of like disappearing in the winter from like social media. I cut uh all my all my social sites off for like six months at a time. Usually first day of fall, I'm gone. I'll be back first day of spring. Mm. And I usually just sit and be in a place where it's like nothing that can come in and like affect my creativity. So a lot of stuff is like you're a sponge, aren't you? Not even sponge, man. It's it's, it's kind of like the reverse because I'm I'm more of like a I'm like an introvert, but. You know, by being an artist, you automatically an extrovert. But in my everyday life, it's like I go to work. I don't, I don't like telling them I do music and stuff, but they know. But it's just like you gonna rap for us? No, like yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. not here for that. I'm here for one thing. I don't want my check and yeah. my chill. But and then when you an artist and you out publicly, you don't really belong to the people. You know what I mean? But the fall and the winter is that time where you know it's not a lot of shows going on. It's hard to get people out, so I can take that opportunity to just work and be like it's almost it's a quote that michael jackson told kobe he said you got to be comfortable with your obsession you know what i mean right so that following that winter piece i can be as obsessed as i want to in private because i can work out the home mm-hmm. and record and do this like every night for like six seven hours so all these elaborate ideas i have they'd be like okay it's a big one but how are we gonna pull it off? Yeah, and just basically planning the execution for months. At a time. Okay, okay. And your album sound like that too. Oh, go ahead, bro. My bad. And and see everything you just said is like you know I mean it hits home as like you know uh, one of like like I said your type of artist is that's why I try to champion it uh, because that's what gets buried a lot because really what all of this prep and everything that you're doing actually shows. The length at which basically what hip-hop can do is an art form i'm a person that always feels like hip-hop doesn't get its proper respect because you know the mainstream and basically everybody else you can make money like basically at some point it's not just hip-hop but hip-hop being where it is right now it's the music form that's suffering getting beat up by it right now rock got beat up by it country got beat up by it everybody gets beat up by it the authenticity authenticity in it gets beat up uh by the fact that the machine figured out a way that it can just give the human mind what it wants based upon a stereotype or an image yeah, it's my whole, yeah my whole idea is like like once you can put a uniform on it it's dead and i think that a lot of people missed what nas was saying when he said hip-hop is dead they were like oh he's just talking regional and stuff like that no what he's saying is just like the delta blues like you look at the delta blues you go to gibbs place in bessemer people are still emulating and worshiping at the trough of what those older black men created right. while sitting on their porch and just talking about their life and just you know this is their narco- one of their narcotics to help them pass their time and they're still doing it whereas what it actually was it's gone 
Yeah, the circumstances exactly. that created, exactly. that the created no it is actually gone. And we're just keeping it alive in some element. And people are emulating it. Even Black Sabbath, the rock band, they wanted to do blues, but they could. They didn't have the voices for it. And they were down in the, they went down in the sewers and they were singing in the sewers and stuff like that to practice it. Now, I didn't know they that. They it. was in a literal sewer? Yes. God damn. Yeah. That's but, hard but, as fuck. But that wasn't. That's that was, so <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't like poop sewer. It's like what the water, the over drainage and stuff. Cause like they're, you it know, don't matter. Cause the whole notion of it poop being called metal is because they're from a part of England where you know there's metal everywhere. Like literally, there's like there, it was an industrial area like Birmingham. So yeah. the music is called metal because like you know it's probably seeped into these people's pores and stuff. Like they, it's so heavy and harsh because that's that's what music does. That's why I tell. That's why that's how I engage music. Music tells me a lot about the people. And what I loved about hip hop, hip hop was tribal. It was regional. Like everywhere I went, it told me a lot about what those people were doing and what they were seeing and how they partied and how they talked and how they moved and how they whatever. It told it was like we were talking, our different tribes were talking. Like, you know, that's what the one thing I didn't like to get back to my point about what mainstream is doing, it just pulled elements that it seemed like it worked. Like right. like America algorithms sees, and exactly, test studies. Exactly. And shit. So if 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 they say, Hey, America sees you this way, so I need you to be this way because they are quickly, they get that. But if you come out and you're this way, if you're De La Soul, that's why I love De La Soul because De La Soul was me. And he talked as about that on the album. That was it. Like De La Soul as as kind a child, breaking that archetype. When I saw, yeah, when I saw them, I never heard myself in hip hop, even though I was a part of it and I was doing it. I never really heard. Cool Keith came close, you know what I'm saying? But they were just being so different. That they were like whatever they were being almost math rock for hip hop, you know what I'm saying? So they're like, no, we're gonna be math rock almost. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, we're, we're kind of math rockish, you know. We're the kids are skateboarding. I'm still playing ball. I'm doing all this stuff. But then De La Soul came out, and now we're like, wait a minute, and they didn't know what to do with them. Yeah, and De La Soul is dead. That album is something that Nas was pretty much built on. They had to kill De La Soul. They had to kill that image because it's like literally that came from uh, them saying that De La Soul was dead. Like basically their last album didn't sell as well as the first. And somebody was acting like a Tommy Boy, their record label. Somebody came across that De La Soul is dead. They took it and made it their album thing. Yeah. They've been doing albums like that ever since. So when I see artists like you, like and so on and so forth, that's what I actually think about. You guys are still doing hip hop the way taking it to that next boundary. Uh, continuing to create that voice for the entirety of us you know what i'm saying i'm not right. saying I, I don't belittle any of the other sides because i say anything everything is just a manifestation of something that exists but the problem with the mainstream is it kind of warps that manifestation it kind of makes it the only thing there is you know what i'm saying it says oh no this is all there is there right. is no eugenius there's just little young Murder kill, and we always you know what I'm saying. Which I'm like, little young murder kill is okay. You know what I'm saying? I get it. He's fine. Let him do his thing. (laughs) But but that's not all all there is, and that's what I appreciate. I really appreciate the most. Like when you guys were talking about the depth that you go into to plan things out, I was thinking about Chuck D. It's an experience when he makes music. Exactly. I was also thinking about how Chuck D. And those guys used to lay out. Like it wasn't even Chuck D. It was actually his producers who are like their high-level mental producers, like not the Godfathers of Threat, but Shockley, Hank Shockley. Right. Those guys would literally sit there with a board, 
And this this is really how I started sampling and putting together songs back in the day. And I would think about, I'm a, okay, this sample gonna come into this one and this one, and I'm laying out an equation it's in a my plan. head. It's yeah, a plan. It's, it's a, a plan. story, and it's gonna book in from is front like to back. And we would be over in the studio in Atlanta. Me and my buddies, we'd be fussing about what sample finna go there. Man, that ain't gonna work. The BPMs, this, that, and the third. And we all doing this stuff. And I'm sitting there when you told me that, I was like, see. That's lets me know. That's like that. There is actually is hope because like people are still you know. That's how artists are expressing. That's true art. That's true art. That's me coming in your cafe. You cook your way. You see what I'm saying? But you cook from the soul. And I know if I come to your cafe, I'm gonna get something that's uniquely yours. You exactly. come to my cafe, you can get something that's uniquely mine, and so on and so forth. And that's that's what I miss from mainstream. And that's why I wish there was a higher platform so that you guys could push stuff further. Mm-hmm. That's that's really that will be my ultimate dream, but it's just like it's just it's just such a battle. I mean, what do you think as an artist about something like that? I mean, with artists like you and so on and so forth, that, and there are many. Like I said, Alabama has a lot of talent, has a lot of talent, and like Birmingham has been a fertile area, Huntsville's been a fertile area, Mobile's been a fertile area. All the you know, of course, all the metros been fertile. And we, of course, we got all the little the, throughout the countryside. There are kids that will just walk up and just blow you away. And they just been sitting in their room creating, but they got nowhere to be. But in, and they, they tell you to put a shirt on and put a suit on and be this guy or you don't get a shot. Um, I think with Birmingham has been regional fragmentation and stuff like that. We don't have a central nucleus for anything. We let me, never really let had me it. just interrupt you for a second. With my rude ass, my bad. That's bro. what he does. That, that's what I. I was, I was just. I'm gonna get a mic to this man. I'm gonna ask him a question. Look what he do. I'm trying you to get. You need to stop doing that mic. shit, nigga. Hey, I'm trying to give our guest a mic. I'm, I'm going. I'm being long winded. Trying oh, that, to get that a guest a mic. Put you in your place. I'm talking, bro. See, see. Hey, this see. me right now. I'm talking. This is my time. <laughs> a nigga will play it off like he ain't intimidated. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, this nigga I'll weigh me by about thirty pounds and shit. <laughs> Exactly. You gotta play it like shit. I, I don't. <laughs> exactly. See that's why we need that other mic. But uh, exactly, exactly. But what I hear you, you touching on a lot of shit. Yeah. But what you saying that really, that's really catching my attention is, Eugene shows you that black people and you and I talk about this shit. All we talk about this shit at nausea. We talk about yes. it way too much. Yes. Black people aren't just this monolithic group exactly the the gangster archetype which is cool if you do it right i love it if you do it wrong i hate it but that's a different conversation different day but we're not just this monolithic group we are a multifaceted group of people and you represent that to the fullest because listening to your music the recipe of eugene is street but it's also deep. It's also spiritual. It's also it's black him. excellence. It's yeah. him. Yeah. You understand what, what I'm saying? saying? And just think, that's that's a picture. That's why I was, you know, at telling him is like, that's a picture that some young black man needs to see. That's a picture. Yeah, because you don't way know. I needed to see De La Soul. Same the same way, way I needed to see, to see Cool Soul. Keith. You know, the same way I see in the eccentric these characters that they they represent me because like the funny thing is when our future came out i had people from high school and people and need stuff to see like that, that hitting me up like saying this dude and took yo shit like because you were the, you know you were the eyeball you were the day walker you could play ball you know you were academic exactly. <laughs> and you rap and you were just like 
You just you were just randomly there. You just random, but and you were always with this cast of characters that were just like, you know what I'm saying. So my and question just like, to Eugene, almost like the outcast. You were with them. You know what I'm saying. My question to him would be, who did that for you? And I, and I want to ask you about. And you may have multiple people too, because I know your father was a huge influence. But who was that that beacon that showed you? Oh, I can be different. Because let's just keep it one hundred. A lot of niggas don't know they can be different. A lot of niggas don't know they can they think outside the box because we're so pressured. And I, and I guess this is universal. It's just not black people. But a lot of us don't know that it's okay to be different. Well, it's okay to be whatever you. that word means. Well, it's actually, okay to be it's you. you. The difference is actually you because exactly. actually we're all human beings and we're filters and we take in stuff. And how I what I keep is what makes me unique. We can both experience two things. It's the same thing, but we're going to experience it differently. And see it from different points. So what I keep is what makes me unique. Yeah. You know so what the thing I decide to keep. I, I got he got that question, and the question I was uh, attempting to ask you was, uh, what do you think that will will be a good catalyst to get more exposure for artists like you? And I know you've started the same code for Sweet, and I'm gonna ask you more questions about that too. But that's gonna be the first question. So as far as. Uh not to be rude That's his question Yeah Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I deserve it if you was being rude I You know Yeah I mean my uh, I guess my, my answer As far as uh, Different opportunities For artists like myself um, Is To the point with, with me It's to the point where I'm not necessarily Looking for opportunities It's understanding mm. that I have to put myself in a position to create the type of opportunities and platforms because here here in this city like don't get me wrong it's a lot of good hip-hop advocate groups a lot of good hip-hop groups hip-hop artists but at the same time it's kind of like we haven't developed a sense of business now, that's one thing i did learn when i was in huntsville and you was talking about you know fame and cody and all of them being around uh labels like slow motion sounds and 100 ent who had like top indie talent in the country and had these big records on video games learning how they operate and then interning the radio seeing the relationship between the radio stations the artists the labels the people how the natives of huntsville championed the cats from their city they really understanding how they have a concept of business that we've never been taught here in Birmingham because Birmingham is such a bigger city they tell us put it in the street get it hot find your way from there that's not really a plan we don't necessarily learn about BMI or you know mechanical licenses digital licenses now understanding streams splits all of this stuff is like it ain't even on paper no more it's just learning how to do it but people there's no one to actually teach that type of content because that mixtape can be fire, but even though Dedication 3 is like a legendary mixtape, right? We don't compare it to the Carter 3 because it's not what actually counts. And we understand it's a business here, but I feel like the only thing that can save hip-hop culture at this point is us learning to do business ourselves. And not even to be with the labels, because like you said, like... When they first started hip-hop, they didn't really care about business and labels, but if you talk to a lot of the uh, old-school cats or any of your OGs or old heads, they'll tell you they messed up when they let white people buy hip-hop. It ain't nothing against white people, but it's just... When it got it away from us. Yeah, it got away from us. So the only way now right. that we're in, a, we're in an age where you can see a guy like Chance 
like independent don't mean by yourself it just means without the system like a lot of people understand it's still a team idea it's still a team concept uh and that's a long answer to the question but like i said understand that i I need to create the opportunity and when we get in the sankofa suite that's what i'm trying to do with that like to be an all-inclusive creative content company whether it's music bars productions videos one-stop shop yeah the suite it has everything you need that's what i'm trying to build now at this point that's something i can leave behind that'll because i had to make that decision okay i just turned 30 this year that record deal ain't happening i honestly don't even want it to happen like in my heart i don't want it to happen would i like to make money yeah but end of the day the thing that matters most i'm a lifer for this hip-hop culture i'm gonna do this to the grave I got. I had to come to a real life reality check with that, and it's like, am I gonna be Eugenius for the rest of my life? Which is also why the name change approach. Like, nah, I want to be Eugene, right? Like, and I was gonna ask you about that too. But um, yeah, un- just understanding that I I now have to create my own opportunities. But also by doing that, I'm creating a platform for artists who are like me that have followed me because mm-hmm. one of the things I feel like makes me relevant or. Uh, gives me the the gravity that I have with people is that my consistency has been I've been rapping since mm-hmm. I was nine I've been recording since I was 14 mm-hmm. we came up with in-home recording I've been putting out mixtapes and I was putting out mixtapes in high school yeah. you know so I was putting out karaoke machine tapes and getting them put on CDs so I could burn them and sell Damn. them it's never a time period that I did not do this so mm-hmm. even at 30 years old I started recording at 14 I've done this more than half my life already so the people that do know me they know like he's still at it <laughs> he ain't went nowhere he's still at it because it's not it's who you are exactly. how, you gonna, how you gonna stop breathing how you gonna stop living and that's the best way to put it, you know you what I'm saying? Me. But I've seen people, we've, I've seen them all come and go. From the street side to the hip-hop side to, you know, the, you know I'm just trying. I ain't, I ain't, you know, everybody had that phase for the longest. Like, I ain't no rapper, I'm a trapper. Like, i seen that era come and go. And it's like, bro, just get out the way, I'm here to rap. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because what you do, you talked about this on the album, that your voice is powerful. And I'm paraphrasing what you said, but... Your voice is powerful and what you say and the words you put in the universe and the energy you put out in the universe that should affect somebody even if it's just one person yeah so why not try to put forth the best energy and positive message so you can affect and cause some real change you know it's kind of like it's, it's a form of music your music is like a form of philanthropy you feel me because it's it's giving back a little nigga listens to this shit it ain't no way he ain't gonna be better for it you feel me um, I forgot the question I was gonna ask you. I, you you did ask me, and it slipped my mind. It was uh, another one that popped up in my head. You can go with that one though. The um, who was that? The first one I asked you was who was the ex? Yeah, yeah the, the example the that, uh, that showed you. Because for me, about to get long winded for a second. Bear with me. When I was growing up in Detroit, gangster, 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 street, move bricks get in the street and be that type of guy you had to be that guy to fit in if you wanted to be loved and accepted you had to be that guy you had to be a quote-unquote gangster right right i met a dude i ain't gonna say his name i met this dude he was my brother's best friend i met this dude and he was just adamant on joseph do what you want to do not what they tell you to do and he was that example this nigga used to he used to draw he used to take a white t-shirt and draw comic book characters all on his fucking t-shirt because he could draw real good. 
People used to laugh at him. He said, fuck that shit. This is what I want to do. This nigga knew Kung Fu. This nigga used to draw on his shirts. But he was the leader of the Oak Park Crips in Detroit. So he was like an amalgamation of different archetypes. A little bit of gangster, a little bit of nerd, a little bit of spiritual. And he was like, what he said, Joseph, what you're trying to do is fit in to one group that they want you to fit into. He was like, first of all, make your own group on some divergent type of shit. Like, first of all, fit into your own group. Secondly, you can hang with all of them if you want to. You don't have to. You can you can branch out and be whoever you want to be. So with that long winded ass explanation, he was my example. He was the one who gave me the courage to say. I can be me. I can be I can live my best life and live my my most authentic self. Right. Mm -hmm. Who was that example for you? And you might have multiple. Um, if we I mean, in a balance of like personal life and music life. Right. Um, it's, it's one guy. His name, his name is D Skills. <laughs> D Skills is my my day one homie. Like we met each other on the on the tip. Like he he was a freshman at West End. He just got the I got kicked out of Ramsey. Another story. So yeah. I got the same time. Okay. Tenth grade. Yeah. And he was just like, I'm the best rapper in school. And I was like, shit me. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know. So y'all had to battle. Nah, we didn't. We never battled. Okay. We okay. never battled. But we end up doing records together to just see who had the best verse. And I thought that was very interesting that he chose. He was cool with doing something like that because I was no stranger to the battle. I was about that too. Yeah. But right. Right. As we kept doing music in high school, he never took the forefront because he was always shy about the things he wanted to say. And this is my little homie, mm. but he's like one year younger than me. That's it. But at the same time, him. Like in high school, you know, we got the underground circuit where it's cats in the city, you know, all the gangster cats in the city. So, and we're, we're basically in that market because it ain't like I was a young, like I was smart in school, but it wasn't like I was a fucking. Yeah. Uh, I went. Dexter's Lab or something. Yeah, I went Dexter's yeah. Lab or like smart guy from <laughs> yeah. the TV show and that like that. Yeah. Nah, I was still a regular hood nigga. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, exactly. I just like to rap. That's what I like to do. I went good mm -hmm. at basketball. I didn't care to play football. I like to rap. So, yeah, I had the songs about the guns, the gangsters, the yeah. coming down. I'm, you know, I, all of it. I grew up in it. That's what we rapped about because that's just all we knew. Even that's if it all went we true, knew. it just needed to sound tight. That's so. all we fucking knew. <laughs> that's key. That's all we knew. But once I got to, like I heard, the, I would always hear the music that D-Skills was making that he was not putting out. I'm like, dude, like, why aren't you putting this out, man? This is like so real. Like, I wish mm -hmm. I could write like that. And then when I got to Huntsville, I didn't have an avenue for music when I first got to college. Mm -hmm. It was just, there was the poetry club. So, and I was like, well, I got like maybe two verses I know I can pull out where I went. I went there like just it, on some personal these stuff. These people will like it. Yeah, they'll okay. like it. They'll, they'll like, like it. it. But that feeling of understanding that in poetry, they listen to the actual words and the beat don't save you. So now it's like, wow, like they was really impressed. Not even because it sounded cool, but that was actually my truth. I told them mm -hmm. and they want me to do this again. It's like, okay, bet. Cool. But they could tell I was a rapper because I ain't had an old, you know, yeah. I ain't got the poetry voice. In, so my, heart, in my heart, <laughs> in my heart, in my heart. I ain't got that. That shit sounded like slow acapellas. Exactly. <laughs> Which is dope. 
I don't talk about haters equal motivation. Or I'm talking about you know something like standing my ground, not to stand in my and ground. And I want to hear that shit too, by the way. But go ahead, standing my ground. Like, yeah, back in the day, but it's like this is like wow, they they actually mess with that. Mm-hmm. But they could tell I was rapper. So it's like, oh yeah, we be doing rap stuff too. You know, they got the alphas doing a freestyle battle and blah blah blah. I'm like, oh bet, sign me up. Was <laughs> like ready. So now like I found the rap stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Your comfort zone. Yeah, now they're like, oh, that's the man on campus now. Like. After you win a few battles, like okay, that's the guy now. Yeah. But then my little homie D Skill comes up, and I finally convinced him to start putting stuff out. He out of high school, like first, second year, first year in college, my second year. I'm like, hey man, you gonna put some of this music out? We do like a little online Facebook video, and I saw how intricate. I always knew how talented he was and how truthful he did it, but it was just like. I saw one show turn into seven shows in one week for a guy that never performed in his life because his music was able to connect to people at such a degree. But he was just doing it because, like, man, everybody know you for rapping cool. Let's try. But <laughs> but he ended up being the most profound. Uh, I mean, he's still, still to this day, he's the most profound artist. Like, my pen will probably never get there, but it's cool that I can keep trying or maybe I can oust them once or twice on the record <laughs> it's something we aim for you, you need that that's like, what keeps you dope yeah like you know how to tap on your soul and be like hey but yeah that's the guy who made, who made it cool for me to be open and be myself and by being yeah. a close friend yeah it was easier to do because it's like yeah. man you already know my background i got front for you you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we can we can we can be brothers you know what i'm saying he know my mama i know his mm-hmm. mama he can pull up at my house when i ain't there likewise like that's some beautiful shit. So <laughs> that, that nigga was a safe haven. You know what I mean? And then he don't got no, like, he don't have any brothers, his sisters older, so it's like generation gap. So me having mm-hmm. a bunch of brothers, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, now he has family that's closer mm-hmm. to his age. That's me. dope. So, yeah. I shout out to D Skills, man. I heard that dude that's rap. The hardest ever out of Birmingham, in my opinion. I heard that dude rap on one track. And I was like, I'm gonna do some shit with him for the same reason you said, <laughs> just to be like, all right, who gonna out rap each other? But aside from the competition, the nigga just dope. I mean, I, yeah. I clearly don't know him like you do, but I heard that one song and it's special. That shit stand out. The trick with that is he'll never compete with you. That and nigga, that's why he always wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he be in such a world that's like, so like, it's like. I don't even know how these things come to his brain. I just know how his brain works. Mm-hmm. So we understand like the languages. Like we'll be in the studio, he'll be telling the singer, like, I need you to say it like, um, you found a sentence on the table and somebody broke it with a hammer and you're trying to read it. And they be like, What? But I'm like, I get exactly what he's saying. Let's mm-hmm. just go through this. Yeah, like, yeah, like this <laughs> this shit. I... So we, we have a common understanding of language that just works you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? but yeah but I, I yeah the nigga dope it ain't really too much I, I don't i don't know him like he do obviously but when i heard the goddamn track he did i'm like this nigga just dope the nigga you you the nigga's very fucking talented man as you know for i know you heard that oh, nigga yeah speak. yeah yeah and then like i said i you know um in passing i've even like spoke with him on you know several and i was like he's one of the few dudes around here that he plays the back so much and I'll be like, but it's always them dudes. And that's why, you know, from you know, being killers. a former battle, yeah, been from being a former battle cat, that's like, 
Uh, and I and I and no, I don't mean John Maker's name group. I mean a dude who actually. Oh, okay. I, I yeah, because you had. To, I gotta put that out there. Shout out to John Maker's and Dean Priest and the actual Battle Cats. Uh, but he's a yeah, and yeah, yeah, and Joe, yeah, yeah like uh, all you guys. I ain't talking about y'all, but that's a shout out for y'all. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I can. I've always known about those guys. Those guys who just kind of sit in the back and all of a sudden, and it's like kind of like a role. I like to be in the back. I don't really want to be the front man for real. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm just really not interested in it. Because you just the mask you have to put on to be the front man is a heavy mask. You know, and you got to be that guy all the time. And that's why I always tell people great groups to me have always been. It's unique that you said that has always been what I call the straight man and the character. All the great legendary groups, you have the straight man and the character. Right. And the character is the guy who you sent out in front, and he's going to get the crowd. He's going to make the, exactly. He's going to make the crowd like, yeah, man, you're looking at that dude, and then that dude can just sit there and just kill you with poison. He can just sit there and just, 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 be, just now you let him get open. Now he can get open. Now, like now he's free. So that's that's you know that's what I've always kind of taken from him. He's one of the other artists in the city that I wanted to see more of or hear more from, but you just never really saw as much from him because he was always just chilling. That's, that's what every time I see him, he was always just over there just chilling. Like, are you performing tonight? Nah, Everybody man, I know that associates you know, like, <laughs> with him is super fucking dope. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. That's yeah. That's it. That's been a that's been a circle of them. Fucking Baron, man! Don't get me started on Baron Amato, man. Cause he, I've been saying so. Yeah, shout out to Baron. Baron. Yeah, I'm telling you. I look, man. Hey, look, Baron been dope Baron since I met him as a kid nigga, and called him LeBron, and he know that. I would look. I would call him LeBaron. I called him LeBron, uh, and so and like so that's the running joke. But anyway, but that dude been dope, and like I been I I, I still run, and like one of the songs on my when I run and stuff. Is his set the world on fire? Yeah, I'm a Tarot. Oh my lord! Like, I, man, I'm talking. I still, bruh, bruh. I be sitting up there, bruh. I be sitting up there. Man, come on. I know that one word for word. I done wrapped it to his face when he walked in there. When he walked to uh to the uh what's some type called? of guy, right? I, yeah, yeah, from uh, Japanese mythology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, he's another dude that. He's off doing his own thing. He's being more eclectic and doing his own thing. Like he's doing, moving along and acting, doing a lot of great stuff with that. But he's another guy that kind of just, just chills. You know, I don't know. Like love more Baron, D man, got D skills. We just talked about him. Like them niggas just fucking dope. Them niggas is just fucking dope. It's a great. Clip. You see, I'm going off into my. Yeah, anyway. I'm like when I sit down and think about it, I'm like. Nah, man. I mean, and I think that was like. That was a big thing too, like, and not to take anywhere anything away from them because even all of us coming together for the period of time that we did, it actually made all of us better. Cause now it was like, oh, okay, you think you the real deal, huh? Like, it took like a year or two for it to merge, but when it clicked, it clicked. It it clicked, and you know what I'm saying? We'll be we'll be together for life. You know what I'm saying? Like, no sir. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no sir. Shout no sir. C.J. Foster now, but yeah, same mm -hmm. thing. Um, I feel like what that collective did was something that like i have this theory there's no proof to it i just feel like it's truth mm -hmm. in my head yeah. because i've i got one of the longest accounts a current okay. artist like when uh mp was like you know coming down and being thrown and bought the texas flow to alabama 
it was something that was very emulated and i can't even find like i emulated it to the point of mastership i, I still love mp music i still got all the albums on my phone right now so yeah yeah homeboy I, I, was talking to me about him the other day you know what i'm saying but when he ushered in that sound mm-hmm. everybody gravitated to it and hopped on it and even if not like by force it was just something that it became almost it was like a staple birmingham sound for a good minute it's just like okay this is our sound too now mm-hmm. but uh one of the things i was able to do is to actually come out of that and become like i say at the time the proper term for it may have been like a backpack rapper i feel like i was one of the first premier backpack rappers of my generation that stepped outside of the street stuff and stepped outside of the those stuff so when i started doing these mixtapes like eugenius neutron or the stroke of eugenius that go back in the day understand like okay these he's like a nerd that raps that was the gimmick then. yeah, but, yeah you know what yeah. i'm saying but even then like neutron was like that was just a mixtape people's like just called me neutron it's like okay this is gonna stick mm-hmm. but i think even with me being able to say that in my own mind as a collective when you look at love monosa Lauren michelle baron amon haru like all of this this whole new nation family these skills chris j everybody that we piece together in that circle it was such a sound that was not heard or seen before in alabama it's like whoa we got conscious cats like that in alabama and then it's a it works 65 people from Huntsville people from Birmingham people from Montgomery people down to Mobile so it's like a state thing now like oh they're trying to establish the sound for the state and I think that became a big notion into who we were as a as a unit because New Nation was basically um, it was a adaptation from Native Tongues mm-hmm. we talk about De La Tribe or Queen Latifah that came together did all that that was our vision for New mm-hmm. Nation at the time mm-hmm. like we're gonna mob and be a the biggest crew of like culturally enlightened Alabama spitters and singers you ever seen, yeah, <laughs> but and it and it did is just do, you know. Nigga got me thinking about all that shit. <laughs> Cause I've always I've always heard and seen that shit from afar. Every now and again I stepped in and as you know, every now and again, like really every blue moon I stepped in and see. Oh, you hopped on some cyphers too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. So every blue moon I saw what them niggas was doing to step back out. And from what I've seen, it was just close-knit talent. The, y'all was the first clique I ran across that had real jam sessions. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was a thing for real, for real. Like, y'all <laughs> niggas just, we here. Why not just, you know what I'm saying? Y'all niggas just get into it. I, I want to talk about the manifesto. D. Horton, he's in the clique, right? He, or is he like a loose member? Um, D. Horton, D. Horton is like, earned his keep like new nation is still like the family you know what i'm saying and d horton has made so many moves that we 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 all appreciate and accept him for who he is as an artist too you know what i mean and then he's not like one of my young guys but he's one of them guys that you know at first sight he ain't flinch either you know what I'm yeah saying? like i think we was at a rap show i tell the story we was at a rap show one time and I saw him because KT got these. He's New Nation family as well. He's a producer. He produces yeah. eulogies. Yeah. And I see him pushing this kid named D. Horton. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll check him out when I get some time. And then I see him in person randomly one night at like Syndicate. And I'm like, you D. Horton, ain't it? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, bet. <laughs> <laughs> I walk off after the show, had an open mic with Freestyle. 
the freestyle session was longer than the show. They cut the lights on. It's like, okay, y'all dope. Both of y'all gotta go home. It's okay. like me and him last man standing on like some Iron Man match shit. Right, <laughs> it's like, I'm like, you right. the real deal, huh? He's like, yeah. You is too, likewise, brother. So like, man, we we <laughs> proved it to each other. So ever since then, man, like anything I can do to help him, anything he do to help us, you know, him meeting the rest of the crew, you know, sparring with Foster, you know, coming through for shows, pulling up on the random, you know what I'm saying, returning the favor in Mississippi when we get on the road or Atlanta. Like, he's definitely, you know, earned Yeah, because he's from Mississippi, right? Yeah, yeah, Columbus, yeah. Mississippi. Shout out to them, too. Tell us about the manifesto, brother. The manifesto. I mean, it's basically what it is. A manifesto is just a a, a, a a recount of thoughts and actions. So basically, every and one thing I want to do, like how you said, uh, what was you talking about that freeze? We used to read, you know, line notes. In yeah, the yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like that, but like a supersized max version. Like I remember getting those like outcast albums and they had like the very small print with the lyrics in it and stuff That's like that remind me of it remind me of uh at Elliott's. exactly like like i didn't understand that that the dynamic of that till i got older like i only knew the gym like the second half of like equimini that verse like from andre like my mind wants to be i only knew that because i read the notes so much because okay. i like the artwork okay. but i didn't understand what it meant till i was like 20 so mm-hmm. <laughs> understand the importance of that and even in this day and age like everything is like a touch file right and like that's no way to actually that's not tangible touch to me so when i wanted to like okay let's bring that back because i come from like from the era where you used to print AZ lyrics and save them in the binder. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you was good, you got it laminated. You can hold on to them. So, right, right. Like, when the internet first started popping up, you know, so that was like a thing for us. Like, we actually read rap lyrics. Mm-hmm. So I think that also helped us have a deeper connection with music. And even with a lot of the stuff that I'm saying, sometimes it's easier to get through text when you can go at your own speed. So I wanted to present that option. But the uh, book itself basically... It works in the essence of like chapters, uh, but each chapter gives like the ins- the motive of each song, like what I'm actually trying to accomplish sonically, and then also the inspiration of like what film or what situation inspired this. Also helps put like name with faces for different features, producers. So now he's like, okay, I've seen them on the scene before. I didn't know they did that. Or even credit that I can't always give like through a digital file, like. You know, Squeeze played guitar on this. Big T sent over piano tracks for this. Mm-hmm. Kenya song background for this. Odie song background for this. Mm-hmm. So now it's like you okay. get to see how many people work on one album. You know what I mean? I think right. I did the count. I think it's like somewhere closer to like, I think my count was at like 37 people had some type of input on this album. Maybe 40. We'll round up, say 40, but 40 different people have input on this album. They got a small company. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But those are things that need to be taken into account. You know, a lot of people be like, hey, it's me. And it's like, nah, let me get my just credit. Get my it's just us. dues. You know what I'm saying? It's us. It's a group project in my mind. At the same time, I know it's my name on the CD, too. Right. But making sure everybody Indeed. got their just do with it. Now, one thing I was going to touch on, you know, uh, when you were talking about what you guys done as a group and stuff like that, like I always told, like, even like Haru. I told Baron, I told Izzy, I told everybody that like what the movement or what you guys were doing always reminded me. And I have a picture here, like because some of my friends got together, some of my old crew got together. And this is the foundation of some guys that came from Tuscaloosa. 
and they formed a unit of guys who would battle down at the high note mm. you know thereafter and if you read what they said there like it's because those were the original four and this is before the internet so basically one individual went into a record store took all of us who had bought who, who had put out singles or put out whatever and had been down there battling them all the time you know and going at it with each other and invited us down to tuscaloosa so you had people getting together and just driving down to tuscaloosa we became fast friends foundations and pretty much a click to this day you know when i went around traveled around together performing at shows doing all this other stuff together as a click you know we always wondered as we aged and moved on would anybody else figure out how to do this and one of the things that i've always tried to do as a guide is just tell people to avoid some of the pitfalls that that's our big thing like the thing is with the pitfalls that we've avoided is we're brothers still we're brothers you know to the end you know what i'm saying when we when, when, when some of us see all of them getting together like that the rest of us are like man i wish i could be there that's what all of, all of us are saying it's like it kind of tugs at our heart because we want to be there too because we know it's a good time and that's what we that's an experience that we want everybody because hip-hop built that for us you know but it went deeper you know even when people lost their parents and stuff like that we were always there for each other but we still make music in their essence and that's really and you look at us from us every last one of us has a place to record now every one of us have a legit studio you know whether we spend time with it or not we got it if we want it every one of us uh still has the ability to do different things in the industry some of them are doing higher things in the industry right now you see what i'm saying and it's just that's something that i always try to pass on and um you know now when i look at sankofa the word that you use there is looking back to look forward you know i mean in the, the african culture you know it's, that's 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 dead oh yeah it's gonna run deep within me i do that um and i noticed that that's one thing i even when i first met you i always knew about you that you were that's what you one thing that you were building you know what i'm saying that's why you know i you know i pushed people in your direction all the time because of that i knew you were deal, you were working on that and, I, and of, course, of course i also knew you had been from hunts up in the huntsville area even though you were from birmingham and like me i always tell people huntsville got a hustle yeah. we got we got a battery in our back you know i mean you know in the countryside we we got a battery in our back we don't care about like whatever city pro you're like hey man i'm just gonna i'm just gonna put down soil we finna go to work you know that's it we finna grind man we know hey it's gonna be this tonight that's what it gonna be you know what i'm saying right. and that's the way we were it's like hey one man there a hundred man there we gonna be there we're gonna rock that one man you know what i'm saying so i want you know tell me more about the sankofa suite you know i i mean i said all that because i said that's one thing i want you, you to take away as a young artist or you're younger than i you know but you hey you you, you you're joining those silverbacks slowly i want you to know hey, exactly exactly hey, exactly, exactly. you're joining those silverbacks eventually but like i want y'all to take that away I, that's one thing i want to and every time i interview somebody that's one thing i'm gonna push like don't let petty don't let in between stuff really take y'all down because really at the end of the day y'all can do so much great work together that's the only thing i say i can't really get in the middle of anything but i'm just saying always just keep that in mind because there's certain things that can always come back. You know what I'm saying? And, and as we go up, we're going to see the same people going down. You see what I'm saying? And there's always a balancing 
beam there. It's better than just whatever. I mean, you know, trust me, as an OG, you know, I got people that I done battled back in the days and we still look at each other sideways. I ain't gonna say no name. Everybody know who it is in the city. But it's yeah, okay yeah, though. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, okay yeah. though. I ain't gonna put it out there. You was talking I, about one of them the other day. Exactly. And the, and the monastery understand who it is because even when we in the room, everybody looking around like, oh, okay. Okay, see, it's a problem. It's a a problem. Uh, Anyway, it's it's a situation. We we okay with each. We we all right. Okay. (laughs) But like I said, like like it's gonna be okay. Uh, yeah. So anyway, but I want to ask you about the same. Yeah, I want to ask you about the Sankofa suite. That may be later. You may want to, you know, wrap, you know, finish out with that since that's what you're building now. So I'm gonna let Joe ask his question first. But I'm really in. I'm really interested in it because. Like I said, I love everything about, you know, what you've done here with this book because I love the way that it's, you know, linear notes. I love the fact that it's a tertiary piece that I can hold on to, meaning it's something I can have in my hand. And it reminds me that, hey, Eugenius is there. And if, if I'm trying to push the idea of Eugenius's work to somebody, this is something I can do to do it. You feel me? I can actually push it out that way. Yeah, this is music right. and words. Exactly, this is really music appreciate. and words. And this is something that other artists need to pay attention to. If you don't do a book, I ain't saying just copy your genius and try to do a book too. I'm it's saying gonna it's going to happen. Yeah. But I'm just saying I ain't trying yeah. to, you know, at least go a different angle. And ain't yeah. nothing wrong. I mean, either way, but I'm saying do something to make people realize you're there. And that's what is the beauty of this book. Because now, you know, I'm going to spend more time because I'm a linear note reader. I spend even more time with this book, just kind of digging in the Easter eggs and stuff like that that he put out. And there's he a lot said, of them. There's a lot of them. He's got a lot of them. He said he grew up with the AZ, the laminated exactly. AZ verses. Yeah. And it clicked in my mind. It was like this whole album, the culmination of this album, is his life and childhood and the way he experienced and grew up with hip hop. Yeah. And he's putting it out. Like, this is how I experienced hip hop through reading lyrics, through hearing this artist and that. Boom. I'm going to put it out to you. So hopefully the same way I discovered hip hop and was inspired by it, hopefully you can get that too. Yeah. yeah Again, that, it goes back to that that hip hop philanthropy I was talking about. Oh yeah. And that and see that's that's the beauty of like I said, him bringing himself to the table. Cause yeah. like like you said, somebody needs to hear that. There's some young black male out there that need to hear that. There's like you know, just people need to hear that because basically it's a reflection of yourself. Cause when we do art, we're basically just people don't know you don't know what somebody's going through. But a lot of times people are like, well, I nobody sees it how I see it. And then somebody puts it in a song and you put it out. Cause I remember like uh, even with Common's album, um, one of the his darkest albums, I, I feel like it's my favorite album of his. And he's like, he actually likes it like uh um one day it'll all make sense. I knew you were gonna say that. A lot of people, they don't get it. But if you're from where he from, we argue it's King too. Exactly. But see, if you from, I'm like, it's like, see, so you from the D, but if can you I borrow a dollar? Was first. Yeah, it was first, but and that's the second one yeah, you're referring to. Yeah, right? well, no, it's the third, because one day it will all make sense. Comes after reflection. Yep, you're right. Yep, one day it would yeah, all make I, sense. Yeah, I used to love her. Was on the second. Yeah, exactly. So you know, one day it all makes sense. It's basically talking about the uh, when his uh, girl has that that abortion. He's talking about when they they break into his house. Yeah. yeah. Was, uh, God gaining one's definition. He, it's like gangbusters. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gangbusters, which is just talking about how it got De La Soul on it, and it's talking about you know how rough Chicago is, and you know, and actually nigga, even where De La came about from. Chicago, nigga. Exactly. Well, you know, Eminem. <laughs> we got more than Eminem. My favorite Detroit nigga yeah. is LZI, but that's a different conversation for yeah. a different day. And don't forget uh, Juice and uh, and Marv One, Eminem and, and Ryan Fest body. LZI, Eminem, and Marv at the Rap Olympics. He anyway, did. Uh, he Chi-town. did. Chi-town. 
they had to step back so that uh you know we wouldn't double body him as a city uh anyway I, i'm gonna pass the mic back over here <laughs> when this shit come out when is the musical manifesto the ubix cube come out um i'm actually going to drop the link maybe i think the 10th is i should be able to drop it on uh saturday november 10th okay and then uh, far from now but we actually doing the uh one of the one of the events i had in mind was uh the sankofa suite well the sit down sessions right so as a hip-hop fan you know it's always like i said sit down rap music very cerebral music mm-hmm. the club atmosphere is not always like the thing so it's like no. i need to sit down and listen and pay attention to what i'm trying to say and i really ain't got the i mean i still got it on a good day but you know i don't always want to jump around and perform and even how i write is so detailed that it's like hard to emulate in the performance you know to the, the exact t so it's like nah like let's sit down listen to the song but also with each song have an open floor q a like you've always heard them bars that you know take you like two or three days to get like oh i just got that like (laughs) one bar is like a fucking thesis if you explain it exactly yeah i like that but it's like okay now you got an opportunity to sit down with the creators and ask them right up front like just highlight the bar and like you know what we're gonna discuss the song for five or ten minutes so i might choose a bar that i like to see if anybody got it that way but like yeah like i said open floor q a to to also celebrate the book coming out but also to give room to other artists like gi magus that you mentioned like gi has a very dope pen but i think it's very much underrated because of you know and not to sound no type of way but the work he did in in christian rap with gospel rap that you know they they kind of never gave gi the shot to be one of the best artists in the city because he did gospel rap but at the same time he was nice he's still nice like he cut up at this last produce section i heard yeah he cut up <laughs> like I he heard. came to play shout out chris style from am2 yeah um, that was uh the, uh the kitchen on top of the roof right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. southern yeah. kitchen and then also the young homie cure like cure is like 22 years old but also you coming in as a spitter like i already know what you're gonna go against so let's go ahead and do this now so they can understand how you spit you know what i'm saying because you ain't you may not have like the the best single that people look for easy to jam to just because you got bars you know you're gonna have to get them the full album but in order for them to get the full album they're gonna have to understand what you're saying so like break down the lyrics that's why it's it's a cool event yeah you got gi you know it's and it's a generational thing too um mm-hmm. uh, i think gi is 37 going on 38 i'm 30 curious 22 you know it's like two and a half almost three generations all showing that hip-hop still has a place for writers and spitters and giving people an event like that i don't i can't recall something in birmingham being like that before i mean yeah i might know more than me but no i can't can't. (laughs) okay it's as simple as that yeah i can't i simply can't do you you good bro i know you had some shit you was doing before you ain't like getting this no, no, like, no, no, okay, no. Okay, because I don't want you to fuck around and be like, man, when this shit going in? Nah, man. I, man, I love it, bro. I spent all day in the house by myself writing raps. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was, was waiting to, to do this shit. Man, what? Yeah. yeah. And I was very excited to have you come down, man, because you, you was talking about spitters. And that's that's my, my foundation rap style. You already know the stereotypes. Niggas feel like, you know, if, if you got, if you're a spitter, you can't do shit else. You can't make music. 
or at least that's what i got when i when i started rapping i always got okay you can spit the bars but can you make conceptual albums flesh them out from the first track to the last track i always got that and so i made it a point to show niggas that i could talk about the goddamn space time continuum i could talk about on the song time <laughs> i got and but i can talk i can i can bring it down to earth yeah i can make it relatable and that's what i always appreciate about your click niggas are spitters y'all just don't spit for spit's sake but y'all can spit you know what i'm saying so i really appreciated that that that's what made me i I, and i ain't never really um told you this i'm a i'm a loner your click that reminds me of your click (laughs) but i'm a loner i don't really fuck with nobody i'm an introvert what makes me come out is spitters that's why i came around you niggas i'm like (laughs) Is they for real, for real? They writing these raps for real? <laughs> I need to see. <laughs> I also, I also wanted to touch on that. That that wasn't the case, but I also wanted to touch on that too. That that reminds me of some other shit I was about to say. Um, heard heard the music. I'm fucking with Haru. Haru put me up on the whole clip. I'm listening to the music because of this nigga. Then your brother put me up on the music, and I'm like, I gotta get in that. I gotta. I, I ain't no click hopping ass nigga. I never once wanted to come around and be like, let me cozy up to these niggas because it's going to help me with what I'm trying to do. I ain't that type of nigga. I can't hate on a nigga for doing that. But for me, we ain't never got to do a song. We ain't never got to be in the cypher. I never have to, I don't ever have to benefit from any relationships monetarily that I form. It's about what's in here. So, I had to see y'all niggas. It's like I'm hearing the shit, but I gotta be around <laughs> these niggas. And not in a adversarial, them niggas ain't really about it, it's more like I need to be in that pool of genius and lyricism. Let me get in, let me soak it up, and let me get out. I wasn't trying to come in on some shit like, wanna be down with the click. That wasn't my if that happens, okay. But that wasn't my goal. My goal What's to just be around the essence? You feel me? It's it's, it's kind of hard. I can't. Yeah, like you want to be around the essence, and to know that I'm not alone. Just to be vulnerable for a second. I grew up, and in, in the show is about you. So please forgive me if no, I'm. No, no, no. You good, man. But I grew up where the only thing I could do was rap. That's it. I was bad fighting and rapping. Them I could do the, them. That that was my shit. Fighting and rapping. But one got me in trouble and the other day. <laughs> so really, the only thing I could do is rap. The only thing I could do is rap. So, and because of how I rapped, because I liked the Wu-Tangs, the L's because I was a bar guy, because I liked the punchlines, the metaphors, the similes, the entendres, the double entendres, the end rhymes, the, in, the inward rhymes, because I liked the nuts and bolts of hip-hop, I was an outlier. And when you're an outlier... You know, in, 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 on your album, you mentioned it. How genius and insanity kind of is a thin line between that. Yeah. You get ridiculed when you're an outlier. So I grew up basically, yeah, that nigga Joe can rap, but he weird. Yeah, that nigga Joe got this, but he used the big words. He do. He ain't rapping like us. He ain't, he ain't talking about this no limit shit, because that that's what was popping when I first started. Yeah. I'm going on a tangent, but my point was... To be able 
to look and say, it's other niggas who do what I do. Baron, Haru, Eugene Wright, which at the time your name wasn't Eugene Wright. Right. No, to be able just to come in and be a fly on the wall and say, yeah, this is what it's about. I'm with my people. I'm with my people for one night. Ended up being a couple nights. <laughs> <laughs> True. But for one night, that shit felt good, man. That shit was a blessing, man. That shit damn near uh, brought a tear to my eye when the the I've I've been on I've been involved in many or a couple jam sessions, but the one that really just made me say this this is what I've been missing was the one it was might have been Haru's birthday, might have been at your crib. It was at your crib. It was Haru's birthday. It was a while ago. Sean Jude was there. It was a while ago. And uh, that shit, that shit was just a beautiful moment, man, because I didn't feel alone in this hip hop MC world. Cause yeah. I come out, I come out spitting my bar, super lyrical imperial, and niggas is like, okay, back to this dope talk. I got around y'all. That shit was normal. Y'all heard me rap. It was like, all right, my nigga, you good. We heard that before. You fit in. And y'all niggas was impressed by the talent. But y'all wasn't, it was normal. That's your world. That's the echo chamber y'all was in. That's that's what y'all do, bro. I forgot the goddamn point I was going to make over here getting deep and shit. Ah, oh, man, ain't nothing wrong with it, man. I mean, so we. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for creating an environment where an MC can feel at home. We ain't never got to do a track. Because that shit kind of irritate me when niggas use n- networking as a way to disguise friendship or friendship as a way to disguise networking it's like some niggas is only fucking with you because they think what you got can benefit them as a rapper in their career and sometimes there's a place for that networking has its place obviously but I don't want to be that nigga I want to fuck with Eugene because the nigga can rap <laughs> and he's a good person yeah exactly like I always tell myself that like even this this rap should have never saved me in real life like if i can't match up to what i'm presenting you know what i mean and even and even with that like uh like you said thank you bro like nah thank you man because that became that was i mean like when we have the like even when we was having those jam sessions and everything like those would be like just moments in life that we we trying to create and hold on to because as an artist this it does take a lot out of you especially when you're trying to take it as serious as we take it it's already so much effort going into being a bar spitter being a lyrical like the effort that it takes to write those will always outweigh going in the booth rapping by a hundred times you know what i'm saying like the effort that i the energy that i have to put to make this verse dope compared to you just going in there mumbling is no comparison so i'm already losing energy on that you're putting yourself on that track bro exactly i'm losing energy with trying to get it to the masses so it's like those are moments that we use to refuel ourselves which is why i take a break from it all like i understand how i work best now like okay i'm gonna get away from this shit for a moment you know what I'm saying? Even with the name change, like Eugene Wright is my real name. Like I don't want no separation from who I am and what I create anymore. Like yeah. understanding that dynamic. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, nah, bro. Like, thank you for being a part of it because even with the whole click thing, like when I first got back here, I used to tell people, uh, 
I love that this grown ass man hip hop show because I cuss. But he used to tell people, oh, yeah. like, oh yeah. He used to tell people, like, people used to be like, oh, we need unity. We need unity, but everybody want to click up. I was like, you do understand the first part of unity is clicking up and those clicks forming bigger clicks. So, but I got Native to the point. Tongue, Soul Aquarians, all that shit you was just talking about, yeah. I got to the point where I was like, fuck unity. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather deal with productivity. Like, just do some shit that's dope and I'd be down for that. Because a lot of people want unity. They say unity, but the, the real word they can't use is exploitation. Like, you want me to build my platform Again, and you want all, to jump on hey, top of that shit. All that long with this shit I just said. <laughs> fuck that. He like. narrowed it down in one word. Again, yeah. exploitation. Yeah. I'm not trying to... No, no, no. Exploit shit. I don't even Fuck feel like there's nothing you doing. People. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it wasn't even a public thing. Like, you know, even in those circles how you mentioned, it's been a few nights. You rarely see that stuff on the internet from any of us because we just all put the phone down and know to live in the moment. Like, this stuff barely makes it online. You know what I'm saying? So we all get it. So it's not a thing of exploitation. You'll never see that one guy and they're like, hey, check us out, look at us, look at us. Or, you know, running around with the... You know, like, oh yeah, that's my homie, that's my dog. We better do it. Like, nah, we'll just do it, bro. Like, and it'll happen when it need to happen. Still, cat said that I want to work with that I ain't got the chance to work with. You know what I'm saying? Like, Freeze called me a sniper first time I came here. I remember that terminology, just like crazy. He was just like he a sniper, like pew, 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 with, yeah. with the rap style. And I was like, I gotta see Freeze on track, then, but I still gotta do it. Like, and it'll happen in the meantime. And even if it's just for us, like. I still got things I want to do, especially with understanding now that, okay, whether I like it or not, which don't get me wrong, I like it. I'm just new to it. I'm getting understanding like, okay, I'm a torchbearer at this point now. Like, I see cats coming into this that was like, man, I know who you was when I was in middle school or when I was in high school. It's like, damn, am she I still that old? Like, <laughs> yeah, but same time, I've been rapping since I was 14. These cats are like 18 now, and it's like, nah, bro, I've been... Grown ass man, looking I know up you when you was mafia, you boy. Like it's like, <laughs> wow, you know that guy's like. So I understand. Okay, they're gonna go through their phases, and I've been through it, and they're looking for some type of guidance. But even with that, like, okay, I need to learn more about business etiquette, doing for myself, so they can learn how to do it for themselves. Merchandising, what's the best route that they didn't teach us? Learning how to work with no money, because a lot of guys come into this, and it's not even money. Like even this book. It don't cost me nothing to make. It just cost me time and creativity. But mm-hmm. working out different indie tools where, okay, you can print this book, you can make this shirt, you can make this physical copy CD. Let them take the cost of making it and the cost of shipping and reap the profit. Like understanding product and merchandise so that we can own ourselves again. And sacrificing a little money up front, cool, but it's just as big as well. I was about to put $3,000 in this book in order you know, 1,500 copies and I only sell 500. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just a big of a loss. But makes, just make it make sense for the product and have it readily available. Like, understanding those little things that's going to help us have better artists within beauty, within business. Because right. we got dope artists that don't want to do no business. Then we got some artists that's whack that know the business to a T. You can't knock them either because that shit is a fucking monster. Yeah. But you have to create the balance and understanding that Nobody's gonna come here to find us. We have to build the scene. Everybody be like, oh, it's gonna be like Atlanta. No, what we need to do is something very much similar to St. Louis or Houston. Like, we have to cultivate our own scene, make our own money, make our own product, and come ready-made. There is no artist development no more. Like, so 
we have to develop your damn self. Exactly. But we have to build a culture and a scene that's worth them wanting to put money into if that's what you want to go for. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about like Nipsey Hussle, like one of the most current guys. He recently signed a deal. He signed a deal before that too. But he's probably like the first artist to own his masters out of his deal since Lupe. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Think about that gap from Kick Push to Lupe owning his masters to Nipsey Hussle just not owning his masters in February of this year. So what's that? 06 to 2018. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody else, everybody, if they signed the record deal in between, then they got a 360 deal. It's that simple. <laughs> they, they fuck you from all angles. <laughs> and yeah, and so I, and so basically, you pretty much covered what you're trying to do with the Sankofa. Yeah. Like as far as like yeah, and that's you know it's in that because that's what that is. It's a platform like that. Uh, you're you know that you know you're trying to actually help artists get to that. Because that's something that I've always preached is the business is like you'll see me post stuff about that. Like know your business, know the business. I always try to preach that because as an artist, you're an entrepreneur at the gate, and you really have to understand like economies of scale. You got to be able to take a look at where you are. Um, you got to look at what works for you and what doesn't work for you. You know what I'm saying? Who's it best to do business with? Like who is really, like you said, taking advantage and who's not? Because like my big thing that I've always said about clicks is like, you know, a lot of times that we're wary of like, it's like my crew was just like, as everybody knows, we're just always love. We're just always like, you know, you fall in with us, you fall in with us. You know what I'm saying? And you know what I mean? And it's just it. Like, you know, you, you gonna find your spot or you're not. You see what I'm saying? That's just how we are. We're not, you know, whatever. We ain't got no bearing. There's no rules. It's the only rules is don't be a don't be an asshole. That's that's our big rule. You know what I'm saying? Um, but a lot of times, you know, you got people that are not really. They don't have the best interest of the music itself. They don't have the best interest of anything. They're trying. It's like I always tell people: getting involved with music, there's a lot better ways to get paid. You know, if this is what you're trying to do just to make a living, uh, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Like, do this out of passion first. Learn how to make it work. That's what second. I was getting into. I um, fuck with them because yeah. it was passion. Passion. That's what they say, and that's what you got to do. And you got to watch out because, like I said, young people, you know, dealing with ego, you got to get, you got to learn that a lot of times. You know, you got to make yourself the destination. And I always tell people about excessive artist accessibility. It's something we mentioned, like as you said, you got you can't be as accessible. Because when we were just, we've had a couple of episodes about Kanye and so on and so forth. And I tell people, sometimes you cannot be you. Well, you never can be. Once you're a person who is a personality or a person who puts a persona forward on stage, you can't be as accessible and be as vulnerable as an artist is all the time because a lot of times an artist is bleeding edge they're like it comes into their mind and it goes out of their mouth and you know it seems to go against social intelligence to some and it seems to go somewhere to another but it's just an open expression of a human being right so you have to be kind of guided got I me mean, guarded in what you let out and you have to be guarded in how many people that you let get near you because i always told artists hey when you do shows and stuff it's great to being indie because you know you get to mingle with people but as your stuff rises a little bit you might want to try to not mingle as much you know what i mean you might want to just try to find somewhere where they're gonna it's a room or where you can be away where you can clear your head be with your people and then go out there do your thing and then leave but when you're starting out it's good to you know, touch the flesh and just 
hey, thanks for coming out. And everybody feels like it's indie. But as you're rising up, you know, you don't want everybody to be like, yeah, I know that guy, Eugene. So I'll just go over and ask him. You know, I know that guy, Eugene Wright. I'll just go over and whatever. And I've had drinks with Eugene Wright. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like that. So people feel like they know you or they whatever. When it's, and that gets to be exhausting. And then, like I said, you got the scene type people that will poison your scene by making a pecking order and gatekeeping and doing all that. That's why I said there's negative sides to stuff. And that's one thing I try to tell people to avoid, you know, once as people get power. Because it's the law of attraction is if I put out, if I continue putting out, I get it back. Even if I don't get a dime off of it, you don't know I've got it back. You know what I'm saying? I got it all back and what I need. Exactly. You know what I mean, it I've ain't monetary. It's about it ain't, this it's, shit. And yeah, and, and like I said, and a lot of times that bounces back and money in the form of money. Anyway, you know, I get you know you get a lot of quiet checks. Like I tell people, and I'm not gonna shout it to the mountain. I'm not gonna shout it to the mountaintops. I won't be on Facebook. Got me a quiet check today. Nope. Like how's he doing this? You want to know? Come ask. You know, if you don't, cool. You know. Exactly. exactly. Oh, the it's, game, it's, the it's game to is to be sold and not told. Who shot the video for? Uh, how you pronounce that word? Ubuntu. You. How the fuck you knew I was gonna say that? Found <laughs> a few videos. Yeah, yeah. My favorite Linux operating system. Ubuntu. Ubuntu. Children of the cornbread. That shit hard, yeah, bro. Yeah. Uh, Monastery was in that video. I seen in a minute. Yeah, little cameos. Monastery and Chris Style. Shout out to uh, Joe Mentor. He's one of my favorites. Chris Style is another nigga. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Don't. Mentor, African Village in America. That's where we filmed it at. Oh, yeah. So it's like a low key spot on the west side. But if you ever roll past the Heritage, you see like them signs they had outside across the street from the McDonald's. Uh-huh. Like he does all of that artwork. But he has like four lots of land just full of. That type of stuff, but it's it is dope. You just gotta check it out, you, nigga. You ask him. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, since we're on the subject, <laughs> but now the uh, website should be launched sometime uh, this week as well for SankofaSuite.com. Other than that, uh, you can actually uh, have a setup through Amazon now. So any albums, like physical albums books t-shirts you can search either eugene Wright or sankofa suite you get the full line up there um so you can pre-order your book mm-hmm. shout out to all amazon prime people they got that two-day shipping get it like that yeah, i got that yeah me too i got my shit too I got mine. <laughs> right right but yeah so everything will be moving through amazon moving forward physical albums books clothes all of it but the links it will be on the social media at Y-O-U-G-E-N-E-W-R-I-T-E. Eugene Wright. You. Like Eugene Wright. Um, the competition in, in hip-hop, man. Um, It's fun. I like it. Niggas battling. Niggas trying to outwrap each other on tracks. The older I get, I, I, I don't want to say the less I like it. I don't want to say that. How can I put this? For me personally. Because I'm a competitive ass person. But not like I used to be. Because I found the most spiritual, beautiful hip hop moments inside of battle rap. But most of them, for me personally, I can't, I don't know how it is for you two. But for me, I found the most beautiful moments when it wasn't about competition. Going to his house and being in the cypher. Nothing competitive about that shit. 
that I found a lot of those moments either by myself or with a group where it was no egos it was no I can rap better than you it was just and, it, and you know what and when it comes down to it, those moments really ain't even about rap those moments are about acceptance you belong here share your truth without being judged and that's what you get when you ain't coming in with the ego in the competition not hating on it not saying that you shouldn't compete but the older i get the more i just seek and find refuge that's a good way to put it i seek and find refuge in people who spit people who are creative and i and i look for people like that and when i find them i i exist in that moment you know what i mean it's like all right let me hear what you got to say i'll spit a verse you sing this you spit your poetry and that jam session shit that's that that's what i look for bro that's what you get in my personal opinion when it ain't a lot of competition what what, what do you think about that that you that you get more of those genuine genuine moments without the competition you may differ um it just depends on it's just it's all in personal preference because with me personally like like i said making an album is my place of peace you know what i'm saying my spiritual it's like a meditation it's like a it's an act of meditating for me i guess you would say it's like i already know the answer i'm looking for i'm just working to make it exactly how it sounds in my head that's like alchemy to me like making something from nothing these thoughts like literally made something. that shit amazing so that's my that's my like peak high in when it comes to music don't get me wrong i'm a fan because man it's been times where i was in the battle rap arena too and you know that hundred dollars in that contest paid my power bill right so i never right. knock battle rap yeah i'm not necessarily a fan of industry beef because it's, it's all for profit in most cases or it's very petty you know what i mean if you want to want to go at somebody make it a skill make it a challenge you know what i'm saying like let's really see what you got like because y'all talking tough like y'all gonna do these things to each other in real life it's like man y'all that make music and sell records you know but this smack this don't flop this url like these cats like live and die by their pen Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And at the end of the time, like, if you say something slick, cool. Put that up. Those go left there now and then, but it ain't. Yeah. It's never the intention of it. The intention is pure, raw skill. And that skill helped make me a better rapper. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, even my style today is defined as understanding the mechanics of battle rap, but instead of using it to, I don't want to say this, but uh, to belittle another person, it's like, okay, now how do I infuse that with reality? as the goal like reality mm-hmm. with the mechanics of battle rap so that's that's basically what my style is to this day like i still know some of smack raps by heart from party Artie and murder mook that nigga went back to Charlie party Artie. yeah god damn yeah i knew all <laughs> i grew up in it. we we had the dvds we watched them memorized them wrote these lines to understand how they did this you know what i'm saying like yeah Party when they didn't have the mics, it was outside and the city had to stand around and listen. Yeah, like, my bad. Go ahead. That's, man, he's going back. That's what he, when he said party already, that made me smile. But, uh, and see, I'm not even on Battle Rap the way he is, even though I was a part uh, if, of the old school, like I said, the old guard, like I said. Um, but my big thing is, 
what I have discovered is, as we always say, there's no competition at all. It's just us anyway. See yeah, what I'm saying? Right. And really, from everything I've done, I mean, because I, I know where battle rap came from. And me, me and Joe talk about this all the time. I understand why it exists. I know why hip hop has that battle element. It was pretty much to keep, it was giving the youth an outlet to not go there. You know what physical. I'm saying? To not go there, yeah, get physical and go the other way. And it was a way to express, and it's iron sharpens iron. You know what I'm saying? So it was always, I'm trying to elevate myself to get better. And when when I'm doing something, like if me and you are doing something, I really don't, I won't see you as competition, even when you're coming directly at me. I'm going to just see it as me. Like when I go to the gym, that weight is just a dead object. I'm going to push that weight. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is and, and like, and do whatever, whatever. It's making you better. It's making me better. So like basically you being there is just making me better. When I play sports, it's the same thing. It's like you there, but you ain't there. You know what I'm saying? It's like, can I push myself beyond this? I done run marathons. I done did this. I did that. So it's just a, like I've been there. So, and I think running marathons is really what even changed my hip hop mind. Because like I said, that moment where your brain is sinking in, like, are you trying to kill me? You know, and then all of a sudden it said, well, let me give you this shot of endorphins right quick and see if we keep on going. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and then at that point, you're like, okay, see, I broke myself. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, that moment you seen in the Matrix when that guy was running and he opened up in that Matrix cartoon, that's it. Yeah. Like, so that's basically what I learned about kind of like the competition in, you know, when people say they battling and stuff like that. That's why I like what you said about these skills. Cause I heard a lot of the way I think. Cause I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you can come at me, but I really don't think enough of you to move. You see what I'm saying? I'm like, I said, it's like, cause if I if I give you a thought, that means I've already given you a higher position to me. You know what I'm saying? I said, so if I'm not moving, you know what I'm saying? So like, it's it's just right here. You know, some two people may hear it and say, yeah, you, you, he's better than you do. I'm like, okay, whatever. I got, I got. Is that your thought? I got something to do. You know what I'm saying? I got, I got a real problem to deal with in the back of my mind. You know what I'm saying? And he's like a problem. You know what I'm saying? He's a real problem. He's got all kinds of issues, and I got to make sure that he does what he's supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? So I got to keep my own devil chained and my own what you call it. You know what I'm saying? And that's basically what I'm doing. Like with you know, with my pen, is trying to you know outdo that guy. And it, as Andre 3000 said, you know, trying to outdo my last verse. That is my curse. You know what I'm saying? And that's it. So and and, and not be stunned by my last verse either. Not look at me like damn. I ain't gonna never do nothing that good again, you know what I'm saying? And that's something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I and so and, and as an artist, I know you probably didn't felt that before. Where you look at something, and be like, damn. <laughs> like I said, I just gave them that hard ass verse. I'm working on this album. Like, damn, I need that one for myself. Exactly. All right. yeah. <laughs> can I get that one? I can't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll that's just check. I'm just gonna change the words a little bit. Like, yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. I'm gonna say this. <laughs> I um. The bonus tracks on this on this CD, and I'm I'm kind of ashamed to ask you this shit. But when did the bonus tracks come? Was it for this this new for to accompany this, or were the bonus tracks always there? The bonus tracks was always there. Okay, but but see this is like this is like the cool part. We get the grown man hip hop exclusive, 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 exclusive. Right. exclusive. So the last time you said it was 19 tracks, it was 16 tracks to make the actual album, and it was three bonus tracks last okay. time I released it. So with the name change from EU Eugenius to YOU Eugene, right? I also had to rebrand the album. Yeah. So it was perfect opportunity for me to 
extend the album. So now it's a double disc that'll be releasing. So, uh oh, <laughs> exclusive. <laughs> the first, the first disc is the original sixteen songs from the album, right? Which the book covers. Okay. The second disc has the three bonus tracks from last time. It also has eight brand new records, just to balance out, you know, a little bit more funner. Still some message in there, but just a little bit more funner. Eleven tracks. And then also like uh, some songs that I couldn't put on the streaming sites, but I could still put them on physical copies. So it's like okay. exclusive content that I can move that way. So in all, it's actually jumping up from what nineteen to like twenty eight. Twenty eight. Okay. Yeah, twenty eight. Yeah, something like that. Another nine songs in addition. So, yeah. <laughs> Damn. So, there's new music on the end. way with it. How fast you make music? Or how slow? I have no idea. <laughs> I just it, make When it's done. <laughs> I just, yeah, when I just make done. music, man. I give myself timelines, of course. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, like, these new records, they've really just been over the course of this summer. Just because I had this situation where I was like, okay, well, I have to build something new. Sankofa Sweet, and it was like I wanted to put down rap in order to handle more business stuff. I was trying to just like back out the game quietly, not like quit rapping, but quit doing albums. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I ain't want to do no more albums. Period. Oh, for real? Yeah, it just takes so much out of me, man. Because like forever? Like not albums, EPs, different content, songs. Yeah, I'm still, I still want to do that, but the album idea. This, the six months of being gone, the and. Then coming back and executing and planning for another six months and then getting on the road for three months toward the end of the year. Like last like mm. when the album first came out, man, I started I had nine shows booked before anybody heard any music. Mm. By the time the music came out, it turned into nineteen shows. So <laughs> between September and December. So it's like and I still got a regular life. I still work forty hours a week. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Damn. I still work in the studio. I still help make other people make music. So you got me thinking about that shit. Like, man, fucking out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I went so hard that my body just shut down. I mean, I didn't even make the last show stop in Pensacola, Florida. I owed them one. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you Dang. know what I mean? It's just it takes so much out of me. So it's like, okay, how can I maximize this? Like, okay, let's let's transition to business. Let's also make more consolidated ideas, things I can throw out quickly that don't require a year and a half for me to plan and execute but uh since i'm not in a position right now anymore to like uh i'm not long i'm no longer looking to like fund uh a label is more so just to build a creative content company so it's like a perfect opportunity for me to get back into recording and writing and work with artists i haven't worked with to help expand the idea of the of the album make it more funner because like i said start off dark so right by the end of the album it's very bright but also you know 16 tracks of pure emotion needs to be have some balance to it so right right but yeah that was it so yes it'll be a double disc this time the ubik's cube y-o-u-b-i-k-s yeah yeah that shit dope bro and you kind of fucked me up because you the, the question i had bubbling in my head you answered it while it was in my head bubbling i'm like what well, shit <laughs> but I, I was gonna ask you cerebral very cerebral <laughs> professor x professor professor you yeah professor you <laughs> oh you talking about that shit he put on his head cerebral yeah, yeah. <laughs> professor you <laughs> professor you but uh i was gonna ask you 
and this is kind of going off into a, a different direction a little bit not too much my mind motherfuckers tell me i got insomnia i don't see shit wrong with it because my mind is so active at night yeah throughout the day i'm even killed but at night my mind is fucking firing off in all directions that's when i write a lot of my lyrics and that that shit ends up putting me to sleep i get out that mental energy by writing yeah and because um my mind is so active at night and i have so much juice flowing creative juices some of my best shit i write some of my best shit in that time do you have like that same pocket it may not be at the same time but do you have a certain time of the day and and again you kind of answered it already but do you have a certain time of the day where you're more creative lyrically or musically than any other if, if that makes any sense um because for me it's at night i kind of peak mentally at night i'm definitely a workhorse throughout the night you know what i mean i don't i don't know if it, helps. it probably does it helps my creativity i mean but i generally have the thoughts all day it's like i used to like how i feel to write on pen and paper yeah. but it just took so long for me to collect thoughts writing on pen and paper and then to try to keep track of it so i i, I prefer writing in the phone just because i got the discipline for writing i do that know, so down so i prefer writing on the phone mm -hmm. but um so i write throughout the day uh one thing i will say i do have this like this little one thing that always helps my creativity my mama got like a church pew job a church pew on her porch so that's dope <laughs> every time i sit there like I, that's like my favorite writing spot yeah and yeah then it's like the that's random and dope as fuck yeah it's very random i don't even know how they got the church pew but so was it just there one day you just came to the crib and you like what the fuck is this it was just there one day yeah and ain't ain't even explain where <laughs> They have it, man. I mean, you know, my dad does a lot of handyman work, so you know, sometimes he finds yeah, things. It was just yeah. like it was just like a long bench they needed on the to have people sit on the porch watching That's the game dope. and stuff. But it's an actual church pew, so it's just something that I don't. I still haven't figured it out. It's just something that's symbolic about it for me. Like that, I can. Speaking of Matrix, my homie said something. Oh, fuck it's just yeah, I, I had something I wanted to say. Go said, ahead, though. Um. My homie Ezra, he pulled out this uh, phrase. He used it in the beat one time. Ezra, like, he um made some beats for the album, right? Yeah, yeah, he got some production on that too. I met Izzy a long time ago. Izzy got on that too. Izzy did the intro actually. Um, yeah. but they, he had this saying that he said, "Mother is the name of God on the lips and hearts of all children." And I think that just on just kind of clicked in my head. Like that's how random the thoughts happen. But that's always been a saying that they used on one of like no tracks. And I think just the fact that it's a church pew at my mama house, <laughs> it just kind of helps ties it in. Like, so it's like a feeling like a place of honesty, I guess, security. I don't know why, but it's my childhood neighborhood. Like, I grew up in that house, too. So it is, it's very like a, it's just a thing. Like, I can look at the neighborhood without the neighborhood looking at me, one of them porches and I see how it's changed over the years. I see my impact on the neighborhood with you mm -hmm. know, being community driven. It's just a lot to take in, so it just helps flush out a lot too when I'm writing. Yeah. So that's your your lyrical safe haven. Yeah, I can come from a like, place of tranquility and, and, and perfect creativity. Yeah. Tranquility. That's Girl. what it gives me. That's weird, but yeah. Don't be trying to go on my mama's porch with that church. <laughs> Random niggas writing. Need that. These <laughs> niggas writing the best shit they ever. Get the fuck off my porch, man. 
<laughs> well, you don't know my mama like that, boy. <laughs> yeah, you don't know my mama like that, boy. Yeah, man. USA. I would ask you specific questions, but I just really want to hear your thoughts on that song, USA Incorporated. Yeah, USA Incorporated. I mean, the USA is an actual incorporated business. That's like the hidden gem in it. Was well, like you know, uh, eyes wide. Eyes wide shut, hidden, plain view. How they say mm-hmm. that shit, but yeah, like, yeah, exactly, exactly what it's supposed to be. But also, Black Death being a business in America, you know, it's like almost like that unity and productivity line I made earlier. Like everybody was arguing about, uh, you know, all lives matter, Black lives matter, man. Everybody out here arguing about who's right. <laughs> like I say, but y'all both technically right. End of the day, like you still ain't doing what's right. Like you're just no. arguing about no, who's right. Like I get it. Like, like technically, yes, all lives do matter, but Black lives matter because we're the ones that's being killed. End of the day, it don't stop y'all just trying to decide who's more right in this situation. Don't stop the fact that Black people are dying. It's becoming a business of profit. Like the young guy uh, Kenneth Johnson. I try not to be going going to it too much, like when I'm on microphones about it. But I did write a piece of it in a book. But you know, this kid in Georgia, athletic, didn't smoke, didn't drink. You know, got buried. And well, he died randomly at high school, was buried. And then his folks didn't believe the autopsy. First off, no parent want to bury their child, period. Secondly, you know what type of balls you got to have to unbury your child and have an autopsy done. You know what I'm saying? But they do the autopsy to find out he's missing organs. So now it's an open case of organ trafficking. It's like, how did everybody between the coroner, the infirmary, the funeral home, and everybody that helped put him in the ground miss this? Unless. <laughs> exactly. So, but this was a recent story, like maybe, what, two, three years ago? So. Yeah, I haven't heard about that myself. Yeah. Black Death is a business in America. It was said, Rockefeller needed, he just died like last year, but at the time I was working on the album, it was like 105 on like his sixth heart. I think the last four was from black people. It was like if Rockefeller <laughs> need a heart, then I fit the part that make me a boss. Get like. out type shit, ain't it? Exactly. <laughs> hey, man. Truth is stranger than fiction. This is true. This yeah. is fucking true. That's, like I said, that's the irony of it all. It's just like, damn, like. And like I said, but it goes back to the idea of eulogies. Now it's just like, ain't the fear of death, it's understanding how this shit works. Like, okay. I might get killed by the police in the first verse. You know, second verse. Damn, I might get killed by my fellow man just because of lack of resources in our environment. It is like that. Like, even if I die, what did it benefit? You know what I'm saying? So now it's just like understanding the system. Like, okay, how can I best avoid death? Like that's that's a big I that's a, I feel like that's a big thing that causes young black men to lash out because they have no value of life because they don't even know how to preserve it, not how to procreate, <laughs> not to preserve it. You know what I'm saying? Like so, when we start getting into these ways, it's like, all right, how do I figure this shit out? That's another point of in simpler terms. That's what it is. How do I figure this shit out? Because when most people get a Rubik's cube, it's a formula to it. I don't even know the formula by heart, but I followed the formula to figure it out. But that's the whole idea of it being a, a Rubik's cube. How do I figure this shit out? <laughs> right. And I like how at the end of the album, that's what Morgan Freeman says. <laughs> he um he basically says the 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 Rubik's cube or the Rubik's cube is a metaphor 
for life, trying to decipher, figure out, untangle, unravel life. Yeah. And that's, you know, and I think something you said there, a big thing is what I can a lot of your album to uh, people don't look at what Big did with Ready to Die. Will Smith saw it. Um, he was talking about the nihilism, this kind of like what that album really was. It was really the nihilism of a young kid growing up in the city, like ready to die. That's what that yep. really meant. It was a, it was kind of like a suicide note. It's kind of like a death note. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of like something that that's what ready to die meant. Um, it wasn't like, uh, yeah, there was, you know, the street braggadocious and all this stuff. And the best, that's, that was the useful exuberance of it. Like you're a kid running wild that have nothing and you partying and, you know, bullshitting and just, you know, doing whatever it is, trying to live good and feel good for the moment. You're looking for cheap thrills to kind of patch up the holes where authentic things, you don't have those authentic things and you don't have the meaning. And what a lot of young black men are looking for is that meaning they're not being taught that meaning they're not being given that meaning so it's harder to feel it's like they've been given a cube and they're just like what do i even do with this and then they're being ridiculed while they're trying to figure out the cube cube and they're absorbing the ridicule so that's that's the beauty of all of this and that's what i saw in it because like when i when i when i saw what you were doing there and i listened to the album and exactly when he said when you got to the end with the eulogy with more morgan freeman actually saying the, the last part about you know this is about life and so on and so forth it was like ah this is you know this is a lot like you know this is a deeper version of like what ready to die is doing but it's deeper it's like it, it goes in deeper with different kinds of you know instead of having the pop glossy top to it with you know um dealing with just from the street angle alone you're actually touching on things from more the best word that you know you with, for more with more depth that's the best word i you know i can actually use to um put out there for it so i i mean i really appreciated it because like i said again you know young black men a lot of times the thing they're looking for is that meaning they're looking for they're searching for something to really give credence to it all to say why is this all happening some people give in to the nihilism because that's something i talk about about the modern music like like a lot of people just talk about how they rap or what they rapping about i said no but listen very closely to what they saying the word savage means i'm raising myself i don't have parents like that's what they're saying it means that's what it says to them i'm out here wilding i'm just doing it myself so when you got names like what well, people putting savage at the end of their name or they're, they're doing this or that you know yeah savage means to us like where well, i'm like yeah, i'm savage man i go off on you that's a joke but on the other half that's what they're saying yeah, it's a deeper and then it's, it's a deeper meaning on their behalf and then you hear you hear a lot of um the fascination with kurt cobain the fascination with the drug culture being sedated like i told people it's almost like disco's revenge escaping reality or just trying to get away from everything or just end it like looking for a way to kind of get away from it all like i hear more depression i hear more anxiety i hear more i hear a lot of things in the modern music but like i always called it, i said it's like disco's revenge really because it's people don't realize this stuff nothing is new people think it's new like when everybody oh yeah it's a new thing i'm like this is not new but okay even rapping in couplets is not new that's three six mafia exactly. it's new to you exactly. and exactly. it's just the way they doing it like even mixing electronic with whatever they done that already but the big thing is, is like, 
this is like Studio 54 or whatever like that without the dance club. Basically, it's like I'm going to do the drugs. I'm going to do all this other stuff. And all of those people, they were just trying to feel alive or feel something or even not feel anything. They just, they, it was just, that's where they were going, where they could be somebody or whatever. They were self-medicating. They were doing all of this other stuff. And that's what I hear out of a lot of the modern dance stuff and the, the modern parts of hip-hop. Whereas I saw hip-hop as giving life at one time, now we're at a point where it's kind of like, it's reflecting something else. And what people don't understand, Lupe mentioned this, and so did Most Def, because Most Def always say hip-hop is going where we're going. And um, most and, and Lupe was just talking about how like some of those the drill music rappers kind of startled him, scared him because of the fact that, you know, the gangsters, we understood. We understood them. Really, you, you intimately knew what it was like. I didn't have a conversation with people and they're like, hey, yo, young blood, don't come over here. This that, and the third. Boo, 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 boo. They telling you how it is. You know what I'm saying? They they know what it is. Everybody had their pecking order. You knew what it moved. There was warlords. There was hierarchy. It was you understood. This was like it's a criminal organization, but it was a criminal group. You know what I'm saying? Now it's just basically you got people who are almost on this dead end type thing, and they just they just out here. You see what I'm saying? They just floating. You know what I'm saying? They just out here, and it's like it's almost like. It, I, it's just I, I can't even think of a way to explain it You know what I'm saying But you're almost dealing with Almost like a walking dead scenario With the living You know what I'm saying You know So yeah. Yeah, And the metaphor in that Is we also de- decomposing Blah 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 anyway. Black zombies yep. Fat too <laughs> Unicorns and rainbows <laughs> Unicorns and rainbows Yeah That shit dope Yeah I mean it's Something that could be so real to somebody else And then also can be like Completely imaginary fiction to another person mm-hmm. So it's like You never really know if it existed or not You just know what was real to you So yeah, And that, that that idea works in the aspect of like Man and woman relationship mm-hmm. So which is why it has the balance of uh, Me and love Most how to love me So um, Yeah I mean that's Unicorns, rainbows, devil horns, halos, sunshine, thunderstorms. Like, is any of that stuff like actually real? Mm. It is to a certain. All of it's real to a certain degree. You know what I mean? But goodbyes, halos, like Matrix, just, one of your favorite movies, ain't it? Yeah, it is. Mine too. <laughs> but that's also based on that song. Like visually, was based off of uh, uh, a beautiful mind with Russell Crowe. Just because the figures in his head were not actually there, but they were so real to him. Like, he just had to learn how to live with that. You know what I'm saying? He spent his whole life working for something that he actually did. (laughs) I ain't going to throw this. What was your spoiler alert? It's over. Should have been seen. (laughs) (laughs) He he spent his whole life trying to accomplish something he did within maybe the first 30 minutes of the movie, but just kept chasing it because he didn't know. You know what I mean? And may have drove himself there to that point and even with the ideas of that characteristic in rap I can see that <laughs> to a certain degree with you know just having an overgoing work ethic if I don't take my breaks and stop you know what I mean and like but that's the sentiment of the movie like understanding that I've worked so hard towards something that and it's created things that are real to me 
may not be real to nobody else. And they mm-hmm. probably can't see him, but I see it. You know what I'm saying? But it's just that's dictated through the idea of a relationship. You know, in unicorns and rainbows. Yeah, so. yeah the reason why I um, reference The Matrix is because it seems like this entire album has several visual cues from a lot of different places. Oh, it did. The Matrix but, is definitely specifically the song on there. There's yeah. a specific song that references The Matrix. Yeah. But it seems like The Matrix is my one of my favorite movies like it is. Yours. It seems like The Matrix, just like Neo had to decipher the world around him and discover the truth through self-discovery, that's what this album and this project is about to me. That's that's how I decipher this album. See, I have this theory that... Uh, and it, uh, thank you for that too, by the way. I didn't say it. I just think that like, Neo wasn't the one. He was a representation of the one. Just like the agent. Did you see him? Because like, he been, he been telling me this shit. Go ahead. Just like the agent wasn't really the enemy. The agent was just a acting figure that could transport itself into different hosts. But he was actually a form of... He was the representation of the programmer in the third one. But the one in the Matrix for me, and it's crazy, I swear to God I put this in the book too, the Oracle is actually the one. She's the only thing that's in the program that's uncontrolled by the program. But her representation is through those fighting for Zion. So it's like being in the world and not of the world. That's kind of how I view it. Because she she also still, like, on a deeper level, I ain't trying to be, like, too hippie. Cause I ain't, no, do your thing, I bro. Feel like the Matrix That's what like, this show is all about, bro. The Matrix gave my generation, it was, the, it was the crack that opened the door to consciousness for a lot of us, if you caught it the right way. Um, we even had a comic strip we did for a few years called the Red Pill Chronicles. But um, mm-hmm. even with the Oracle, like, like the program is the program. That, that could be representative of the system. That could be mm-hmm. earthly possessions. That could be represented in so many different ways. But because the oracle also gives her representation, free will, she's like an act of God. And also throughout the oracle, they made the oracle a black woman too. That's like something else I had dealt in the movie because all of mother of earth yeah mother of earth mother of all living things is a black woman and that's like the, I feel like black women I knew what they was doing yeah I don't want to go too deep in that but yes like that's a representation of God because you gave them free will like you like you're not the one but you can try one of my favorite scenes from the Matrix first movie when he um first went to see her and he bumped the vase or vase if you want to be regal and mm. shit when he bumped the vase and he apologized for it. And she was like, uh, but the question, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it, so I may fuck up what she said, but she's like, but the question is, would you have, you know the scene I'm talking about, yeah. would you have broken that vase? I forgot exactly how she said it, but the point was, it was about destiny, how certain things are meant to happen. And I also wanted to touch on the spoon. I always wanted to make a conceptual album called the you already know where I'm going with the spoon. I always wanted to make a conceptual album called The Spoon. And the album was basically, and it, it reminds me of this. So I'm like, all right, 
this somebody did something along those lines but i wanted to make a conceptual album called the spoon and it basically is about it's not the world around you that's bending it's you that's bending so yeah man we both like the matrix <laughs> in summary we and, both like the matrix and you know uh, as a programmer my take is always going to be like right along with what he was saying but we also said that you know um basically agent smith was not definitely not a villain more so of a, as a change agent and really the matrix is in a loop and it's still in a loop because we're looking at it as programmers right you know and, and as you know you look at quantum physics quantum physics look a lot like what binary code science starts finding that now it looks a lot like binary code um but um when agent smith developed consciousness he was the one character that could have broken it all he would have broken it all to the oblivion broken the program all the way down to and notice how the oracle how he how the oracle interacted with agent smith you know so the question is is all of this so that the program itself is learning mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and that's what we we're saying because like the program itself is learning because this scenario will reboot oh, yeah. even then even though it's gonna re- reboot again with you the, know the, an anomaly has been presented with another, another advanced version so i think that's very true i would say the, the advantage i would say the advantage in it is is that the program is actually learning but the representations or the figures within the program are actually living and it's like always that one millisecond behind like because you have to have the example before you can learn but it's still a close race but it's like learning and living like even in the uh what was it operation dark skies we was talking about the cartoon earlier they learned how to live from humans they learned their science and then like you know how to function and you was like we're gonna block out the sun getting their energy it's like we get all the energy we need from y'all. Like, they had to learn these things in order to that function was dope. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. True. But my, my machines were not bad. BTUs. <laughs> but it was a resort. It's like, okay, we're gonna harvest out of it. Like, we should have had him in on the hip hop and the nerd connection, because I had this theory that he totally agrees with. Because sometimes my fucking flaw, my logic is flawless. But flawless, uh, flawless, <laughs> flawless victory. But no, hip hop and the nerd connects. We did a show about that, and it was basically how people like us are created from a lot of things. But one thing that creates us is being a nerd. The Matrix, Dragon Ball Z, anime, uh, the music we listen to, and being being that um that silent art child if you will that's how you get albums like this that's how you get the type of music i aspire to make that's how you get the type of music he has made like how can i say this without offending the people who don't fuck with the shit we fuck with because i don't want to sound like an elitist at all (laughs) fuck them other (laughs) niggas what you know about dragon ball z all the time (laughs) anyway yeah man so we 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 rap the way, <laughs> we rap the way we rap because of a lot of reasons but it's the shit that we intake the the anime the matrix yeah. that stuff um hunger games 
that's why we rap the way we rap. It's, it's, it's other reasons too. His parents, his fathers, his brothers, his homeboys, his environment. All of the, all that is in there too. And when I say the word nerd, I use it as a term of endearment. I believe I'm a nerd. I believe you're a nerd. I believe you're a nerd. And when you become a nerd, if you're into music, not all nerds make music, but if but if you're a nerd and you make music, you get projects like this. Lupe Fiasco. The nigga ain't nothing but a rapping nerd. You, you touched on that earlier. So. Well, Lupe, though. Lupe has the greatest pen ever in hip-hop history to me. That's and the nigga underrated. Just the pen. Nothing else considered just the pen. Not style, not delivery, but just the pen. This nigga's mighty. I mean, it might be some. I mean, y'all might know some cats that's dope too. You know, y'all's got the conversations like Rakim, but. The thing with Rakim is the fact he's an architect. He's like uh, people who become like, cause I never, I'm not a believer in a goat at all. Um, you know, anything. I'm just like everybody's just they're part of the tapestry, and they and you ch- you punch your you punch the clock that hey I added this, I added this to the tapestry, and then people start imitating you because of that. And Rakim came along, and he changed the delivery. He broke the mold on the delivery and how, because he started rapping like a jazz musician plays his instrument. He started the way he kind of being fluid with it, and like really, yeah. Other people laughed at him. Like they, like you had like the snobs of the time, like the uh, what's his face that uh, uh, Karis one crushed. Uh, what's his name? Uh, you know the B. Jack. No, it ain't busy B. No, it ain't busy B. Shane, MC Shane, Shane. Shane. Yeah, he yep. he made fun of Rakim. He's like, oh, he's rapping all slow and stuff, and he don't got no. And it's like, yeah, that and, nigga and, was and, an outlier, man. He was an outlier. Thinking back outlier. on it, it's like, it's crazy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody paid attention. Like, and this right dude, now, that, that, he is the '80s for us right now. Yes. But when he came out, motherfuckers was like. Nigga, what the fuck you doing? Yeah. Exactly. Like, what are you? What, you ain't genius like genius in insanity. Yeah, he ain't. Yeah. And then like Big Daddy Kane, he's the one who brought all these unusual styles and sway right. and swag to it that no, you know, a lot of people hadn't even, you know. And that's that's why I said that's what these guys do. Like they come in and they kind of do stuff. Like that's why somebody said styles ain't changed since Kane. It yep. really they ain't because like he done just about everything you could possibly do one way or another. He's done it, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like he was doing it. Like he was just like one of them guys that did that type of thing. And that's why I said I I look at guys like Lupe, their heir apparent to that type of stuff. Yep. Like he's a guy who just sits down and you know kind of applies it in the modern sense and does a good job of it like I, if he would stick i wish you would have stuck with the cool and stuff like oh my god you know what i'm saying and stuff like that and i'm like my god that dude like when he when he did that album and then he, of course as he moves forward his the imagery the only thing i wish for lupe is that he would stick with that type of stuff i know he can do the other stuff but i sometimes i feel like when he does some of the more modern cadences and stuff. I'm like, why are you doing this? I know you can do it, but why? Why do you even need it? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm like, I know you want to articulate this to the audience. It's like when I see Eminem doing it. When Eminem do, was doing that song yeah. where he was like, let me do the triplet, let me do the triplets and stuff like that, which is cool. It's fine. I really don't care. Like, so I'm a three six. I'm an old school three six fan. I know where it came from. Very few people are gonna get like Tommy Wright the third. Okay, uh, you pay fiasco. Yeah, no, very few folks are gonna get like Tommy Wright the third. Uh, Kingpin's Kenny Spimp, Pale Fly, the the true lords and, and Lord Infamous. 
the true lord of the look, listen that, that's the lord of the triplet i will put his triplets on the table against any, and that dude is saying Running stuff through the forest like gump bloody tree drunk yeah that's what i'm saying i'm like God, this dude is crazy man i like lord that, that verse was so fucking hard that's what bro. i'm saying i'm scared you know like i said like i was like man see that's my guilty pleasure circling my house my numbers nine on one. Pay attention. i tell them come on man I, I i was i was there with you yeah 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 when i left here i witnessed their scene i witnessed how they were and it was just like and they were open to everything they were just like look bro if you if it's jumping we own it they their old saying is if it's jamming we own it we don't care and that's how it was but they had that thing with that 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 triplet and that's what i was like man atlanta owes a lot to memphis people sleep on memphis i mean i know i jumped from the loop if asco thing i just want to put this out here people slept on what memphis did even for the south even for everybody they slept on memphis like memphis is slept on memphis even gave the wu-tang clan the soul that they used to create songs like uh also simple and stuff like that yeah. these are old forgotten soul records from stacks so simple you see what i'm saying like you know black chains and exhaust and all this other crap man i'm telling you but bro i'm telling you but anyway but lupe yeah no he's dope like i just don't i don't i mean i'm a everybody is doing their part of the tapestry like you doing your part of the tapestry whatever you're gonna leave behind you're gonna leave behind as your part of the tapestry and you know it will inspire somebody else and i think like i said i, said, I don't really slight what you was even saying about lupe because it's, it's true within an angle you know what i'm saying but it's just like i just don't I don't have like a now I have my own personal hierarchy who inspired me to make me move like that you know when I hear them come out or whatever like that that I'm like wow that guy so that guy was yeah like he did it you know and he showed me something you know like I go back in obscurity like because I get into the fine arts part of it where you get into like Ramel Z then Cool Keith then De La Soul, you know what I'm saying? Well, then Rakim, then De La Soul, then you know what I'm saying? And then I'm going forward, and then and of course it it culminated with you get your your left to center guys like a Tyler who breaks through on the other side, and then people are like, but why that? I said because it's it's a tangent. See, there's something like Rick James even said that black people are not allowed to be different. No, we are not. We're not allowed to be. You got to put this mask on. But when you European look at our mask. culture, when you look at true Africa, when you look at Africa, Africa is diverse. Africa's man, it's dude. You can see some of anything or everything, and they're doing it totally. Like it's just it's There's so beautiful. So many it's dialects open. in Africa. So many dialects. So many ways. It's like doing the same thing. You know, it's like, and they're all immediately they'll get it. They'll no get other it. race of people. So is so varied in terms of shades like shades dialect like i mean just man religion what the different colors mean like it's people just i don't I, like i said at the end of the day I, I look at people all the time looking at egypt and all this other stuff and i just i kind of just stare at them because i'm just like dude man first of all you <laughs> according to my dna you know i'm 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 berber and a lot of ghana mm-hmm so I'm just gonna stare at you a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't even Look know what to... I'm pure nigga. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to folks. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 100%. She was so ignorant. 
I loved it. Oh, that. Look, that's sad. That's 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 me. But I loved it, though. You got to live in the moment. Exactly. So, you believe, you don't believe in a top five best of all time, do you? No. I mean, hold up. I do. I feel like there are certain particular artists that have been the greatest at individual things. And I have like my five key points of like that top five, but that don't make my personal favorite top five rappers. That's always a different list. So, okay, well, give me both if you want to. Yeah, okay. So, I feel like we talking about statistically. That's a two-way tie between Eminem and Jay-Z. But Eminem don't really count because (laughs) we know why. Secondly, the uh, numbers are a little skewed. Yes, yeah, the numbers are skewed. He, he has a slight advantage. They're real numbers, but we know what influenced that. But anyway, so yeah, I give Jay credit on that. Like he's like the revenge of like every black man in America. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's the cold crush. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Hustle hard. I would say, uh, I have different. We was having this conversation the other day. Definition of, of lyricism. Um, I feel like yeah. technically Biggie is the best rapper that ever lived. Like technically, the mechanics of that. Lupe still got a catalog that he can build to outdo that, the mechanics. But for those actual albums and what he got the chance to do in that short time and the impact it had, I get at the Biggie. Um, I say oh, third on that list is like Tupac because mm-hmm. he was like the best. He was like the most relatable rapper ever. Like, he, he understood the emotions of people and how to tap into that. Fourth on there, I, I, it's controversial, but <laughs> I say, I say Kanye West. Like, don't get me wrong, Nas brought a lot of information, you know, but that's one aspect of it. But as hip-hop, as it's been a creative thing, like, it's always been very creative, and hip-hop never invented anything and reinvented everything. With someone like Kanye West, who you know, at one point he tell you, I held the belt in two classes, like in rapping and in production and being a all around like. Yeah, I know he had a ghost, but 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 even like we saw how that story played out from the beginning with like fighting to be a rapper when you were only a producer, like that's that was something new and un, that was unseen I don't know if it was new but it was unseen by the masses like we saw this guy fight to become the number one artist in the world and did it at one point and I feel like and probably second and third of all categories is Andre 3000 so yeah. that, was, that makes him automatically included like, and that's and that's your category like and that's your list for uh, the top five just in, in those categories yeah 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 Okay. Now you're gonna go personal favorite top five. It's probably ain't gonna Andre be in there. <laughs> Andre in that motherfucker. Yes, I put Andre 3000 in there. Or oh, Outkast as a whole, because I only got one Andre album, and it was an Outkast album. So yes, put that in there. Lauryn Hill, Miseducation. Lauryn Hill is still a dope rap album to me. So she's in my top five for that. Like that's a generational album. Yeah. Nobody say. Um. I will say. I will say as far as personal rap go like learning how to get through to people like smoothly I go with Jay Z mm-hmm. because even though he don't write it's very conversational like he weaves his way like it's like you, you can see him walking to somebody by the time you can see him walking to his point it sounds like a thought happening in motion like I like that about his music um 
Chameleon now. Mm-hmm. Chameleon was like one of the first versatile artists that I ever heard, especially loving Texas music, being able to sing and rap, being fearless as a creative. That's just something I grew up off, off my generation underground. Chameleonaire, he got yeah. the right name. Chameleonaire. And his mindset for business and rap is like always a favorite thing of mine too. But uh, Devin the Dude. Devin the Dude was Andre 3000 before Andre 3000. So he's like the prototype, like ironically. I always said he was a combination of, this is gonna sound stupid, uh, Eminem, and Andre 3000. Yeah, he laid the groundwork for that. You think yeah. about his era with like the whole rap a lot and face mob and all of that. They talking about like, Vols, Swamp, Squad, Sir, Fat Pat, all of that, screwed up click. Yeah, he's talking about a beat up Blackville 79 on toilet boo yep. Like he was yep. very much that that outlier yes. of yeah, the Texas Sun. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. It's yeah. funny, like, that was yeah. the first rap song that made me want to actually rap. Like, the song, song? Right and Wrong. That song made me decide in my head, like, shit. okay, I'm going Cause to. Because when you're wrong. Motherfucker, better talk about. Yes, that yeah. song made me what? say, it. fuck it, I'm going to do it. That shit dope. Like, that's <laughs> that, the first album. That's the song that made me decide, I'm going to rap. Now, my favorite artist I need of all love time, uh, did that for me. My favorite artist of all time. No matter genre or anything. Well, she didn't have a genre. Sade. Sade is the best songwriter that ever lived, in my opinion. If you break down like those songs and how she did it, the intricacies, the spaces in between. Okay, you're going outside of hip hop now. I'm sorry, but that's. No, 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 no. Because I was going to get my list inside, but now. Okay. Listen listen to Cherish Today and watch how that bass drop at the end. Uh, Like when it swap over, like she didn't have a genre. She just made music. My mother would love to hear you say that shit. She loves Sade. Sadie. (laughs) She loves Sade. For real. Um Damn, you got me rethinking some shit. But (laughs) when it comes when it comes to best lyricists of all time, I love your point, but I do have like who I think are the best lyricists of all time but I love your point because your point leaves room for growth inclusiveness and it leaves room for what I said uh, about an hour ago since we've been in here for so long it leaves room for the the lack of competition it's like it's no competition why does it have to be a one two three four five six seven eight when it's like we're all contributing to the to the piece so I, I get your point and I love your point and I wish I fucking felt like you <laughs> because that shit is so beautiful your sentiment but when it comes to just rapping ass niggas no particular order this is a very stereotypical list Tupac Biggie Jay-Z Eminem Nas top five I, no particular order but I them those niggas ain't my top five I know it's stereotypical it's boring there's no conversation to be had about it because that's what the average nigga gonna say if you go into like six seven and eight then you can throw in Rakim even though Rakim probably needs to be in there before my Nas because he's the one who gave Nas his style directly and indirectly but Tupac, Biggie, Jay-Z, Eminem, Nas, Kumo D um goddamn who else is on that greatest Ice Cube and Andre 3000 needs to be higher on my list but again it's in no particular order Andre 3000, Devin the Dude um Chino XL Cannabis fucked up too much <laughs> he fucked up too much, but at one point he was on my list. So I'm naming random names, but you go down ten, you got to throw Wayne in there somewhere. I can't here's throw Wayne in my top ten. 
Because rap is simply about making something out of nothing, and nobody does that better than Lil Wayne, and nobody does it more often than Lil Wayne. Yeah, he's a child star. Yeah, he's, he's a, a child he's porn star. He's only the second successful child star. That's crazy when you think about that. I think only say of my generation, I would say that. Chris Brown. <laughs> cause they, cause as soon as he hit Rihanna, they tried him as an adult. <laughs> he have to worry about the growing pain. <laughs> That's messed up, but I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry I, I can't put it. Lil Wayne, and it's just rapping ass niggas. I'm not branching off into anything other than, yeah. that. but just rapping ass niggas. I can't put Wayne in my top, my top ten, cause I don't he know doesn't. Nobody that raps more than Lil Wayne. What I'm you mean, like rap? Period. Just raps more than Lil Wayne. And you gotta keep in mind, everybody got these side ventures. Tupac? Yeah. But you ain't really trying to make that comparison, though, is you? I ain't trying to make that comparison, but I will tell you this. Tupac worked just as hard as Lil Wayne worked, but Tupac had more obstacles because of the upbringing, the Panther background, the stuff that he fought in politics. And even with that, he involved himself in a lot of stuff like movies, and you know, he had other careers as well. We seen Wayne on the Boondocks and in Freak Me as voice actor, <laughs> but he's never left the studio. He was in the game for years and came out with Truck Fit after what Carter for. Exactly, just he just raps. He mm-hmm. don't know nothing else going on. If anybody that's out here like sculpting the culture to a certain degree, you gotta get that Wayne. Now you gotta get that damn. <laughs> and, and I'll say this, and you gotta get this generation owes everything to Gucci Mane. Kanye Little West, Wayne, Lil Wayne, and Gucci Mane. So, cause they all my children. When it comes to so that so, so that was my list for just rapping ass niggas, not just lyricism, but like kind of quintessential quintessential what I think an MC should be. Now, when it comes to trend setting, Lil Wayne and he top three. When it yeah. comes to niggas who want to be Lil yeah. Wayne, he in top three. Andre 3000, Lil Wayne, Jay Z. Them niggas there, man. They oh, have yeah. children. They have oh, they have lots of children. They, they got lots of niggas who want to rap like this. The air apparent of Bessemer and all of this. Yeah. Gucci and I, and I ain't through with my list of artists Gucci, either. But go Gua. ahead. But uh, yeah, my but my group, um, of course, personal. Because I got just somebody from Shade that he may not have thought about. Uh, is you know, Dreads from Black Sheep. Yeah. Always inspired me. Yeah. Uh, Red Man. Uh, Master Ace. You see the generational thing. But see, the thing is, these are guys who inspire Eminem. Because his know, is eighties, mine is nineties, yours is nineties and two. Well, actually, like CL Smooth and what's called, they're the nineties. They're early nineties. Mm-hmm. They're the, they're the golden era nineties. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then my, because my eighties guys is Rakim and Kane. It's like it's Rakim, Kane, and De La Soul. It's the it's the whole native tongue, like really. But it was like Drez on his bars, CL Smooth. On his bars, Master Ace. Oh, his like Master Ace is just he's just he's like a delivery man. Like Eminem said that this dude just shows up and he just says, "Okay, gonna give you a dope album today. You know what I do? Here it is." And you're like, "What?" And it's it's gonna be that straightforward, stiff, like New York rap, but it's gonna be yeah, he's on tour, right? Yeah, and Marco Polo. Yeah, and it's but it's gonna be witty. It's gonna be you know it's gonna be that straight straight man rap because like. One of my favorite underground hip hop groups of all time, another group that spoke for me very well, and we went crazy on them when we heard them in, in the nineties in college, because really part of uh Run the Jewels created the underground culture, LP, like, you know, with definitive jokes, El Producto, one of my yeah. favorite producers of all time. Um, this dude, like, 
did the production for Cannibal Ox. And Cannibal I was Ox. About to mention that. That's I why I said that was they, group dope first. boy. I thought they, that's they, what they were talking they about. Are, they are, they are, like them and De La and stuff like that. They are my they are my group to the point of no return because you talk about nerd. They pretty much expressed how it is to be a black kid in the city and that the nihilism of the city in the terms of comic books in the terms of sci-fi metaphors they were all they made an afrofuturistic album that was so new york but and it was them it was just them like it's gonna sound the way it sounds so it's gonna turn you off if you don't quite plug into what they're talking about they're talking about iron galaxy you know what i'm saying you know all this other crap they're basically talking about the imagery outside around them in a way that it's like a sci-fi thing you know the real earth the battle for asgard all this mm-hmm. other crap like that you're like what you know and they call cannibal ox and people don't get it it's like a razor blade is an ox you know what i'm saying and your know, mcs are cannibals you know and they tongues like a razor blade you know what i'm saying like it's like oh man i'm like come on bro yeah. they were just they were like they were, they were killing people with these metal. Yeah, you like, made me on. fuck with them the way you talk about yeah, i'm telling hey man like like i said my, i'm bass air i might rip out your clavicle I mean, I'm still, I still gotta go back and do my crate digging. Like I said, I spent yeah. too much time being a trap rapper in my teen years. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm still digging. I went back. I, I really didn't understand Outkast. So I was like 21. Everybody like, oh, I grew up on. I ain't gonna lie about it. Nah. Yeah. I didn't get it till I was like 21, and then I had to backtrack. I was like, oh, okay. But also in the midst of backtracking, learning more things, and finding myself, creating a balance. So I do want to check out that group though, because you know. Like I really, I really wanna, I wanna listen to Ready to Die with that idea in mind. You know what I'm saying? Of like, of how how you presented it. Like, yours is a deeper listen, a deeper listen than Big's. And I know a lot of Big people gonna burn down the grown man hip hop show for this. Come at me, bro. Uh, but uh, yours is a deeper. Yours is you're going in with more texture. Whereas Big is go- went in from a point of he gave you that image, gave you that story with the gloss of you know how Puff Daddy can make anything. He'll make death seem pretty, and that's what he did. Cause it, you got to think about it. He even had that call on the phone, like I don't want to live no hello, I don't want to live no. But you know, like what's that? Like you know, I'm tired of you guys. Like boom, it's like and it, at the end he shoots himself, and this is only. Uh, the only person I can say who's done something similar dark is Death Certificate by Ice Cube. Yeah. Well, Ice That's Cube, why I put Ice Cube in my bruh, top 10. Ice Cube was doing damn movies. Yes. Yeah. He, he was doing goddamn movies before he did movies. Because Death yep. Certificate is basically, it's basically a young male, a story of a young black male in America going through all that shit with the military trying to get him. You know, mm. with you know him just you know getting through the days. Hey, it's a good day. You know, I made it. Like no, the no predator shit happened to me. Yay! People look at me like I'm a predator. Yeah, like I'm a predator. You know, all this other crap. It went through that whole storyline. Like from even the dealing with like take a look at us. Us will always sing the blues because all we care about is haircuts and tennis shoes. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you go back and listen to all that stuff, man. That was like, come on, man. That was like, bro. That was. But that that was right along that line, and that's the type of stuff that people miss. They'll just hear the, hey, he's shooting that stuff. No, those guys never made it in his story. A lot of his stories, like colorblind, it was a cautionary tale. It was cautionary tales. Like summer vacation, boys got shot down. He's in jail, and he was like, yeah, but I'm the toughest dude in jail. No, 
It's like, no, you in jail. It's over. <laughs> you, you lose. Know? It's like nigga. Andre Nicotina having that uh, his stuff where he's like done songs like heroin. I never done heroin, but just like heroin, I can't get you out of my soul. Church, uh, what, um, bus with no love. Talking about going upstate. You know what I'm saying? It's like these are real street stories telling the real stories of it. Versus like a lot of people come off like they put a cape on with it. And be like, I'm the best of being the worst. And you're like, okay, I, 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 get, I get what you're doing. I get what you're doing because it's the braggadocio part of hip hop. But yeah, exactly. You but you're your mascot. Yeah, you're out there like, you got the, 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 the big D-boy phone finger out there like, nigga. D-boy phone finger. Exactly. <laughs> We're number one. We, we we may have to goddamn market some of this stuff and we may have to market some of this stuff. Now that's all him. That's eugenicist idea. Though. Yeah. Y'all, I was good, Y'all can make it work. I promise. <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> these bitch ass niggas. I was gonna say, um, I'll be like, hey, they did that shit. <laughs> yeah, they did. Man. I'm being impressed, like, goddamn. Yeah, that's a good ass fucking. <laughs> hey, I do that. <laughs> I was thinking about you. Was talking about Shade. I was thinking about um, Jim Croce. You talking about lyricists? <sighs> you, you heard it, Time in a Bottle. You, that's what. The song, uh, the goddamn X-Men First Class. You seen that? Yeah. And Quicksilver. When oh, he was running around the song. Okay. They played it in, in, in both movies that Quicksilver was in. But when he was running around that kitchen, that's the song. That's Tim Croce time in the bottle. You talking about lyricism. I mean, I have to go back. And I'm not saying that catalog. better than Sade. I'm not trying to challenge what you say. Nah, fuck with him too that I'm absolutely true. into it like, I mean I found dope stuff In places that I, I haven't expected Like you know Johnny Cash And shit like that Just random Yeah like, man. <laughs> Finding like Like Hitting me Like glass animals Like that's a new group now that's, They 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 Pen game is heavy Like Like even understanding How other cultures Write music I think that helps yep. In hip hop as well So Now it's like Okay I just have a different way of viewing it and tapping to it. Like, I think that just helps because it's still lyricism. But the thing with Sade, my thing is just like, it's just the feeling and the aspect and the openness. Like, I don't know, man. Something's very intimate, very vast about it. Like, I don't know. It sounds like the world when I listen to her music. Like, I mean, yeah. the softness of bongos, the bigness yeah. of yeah. brass or, you know, Instruments I don't even know the name of, and it's just like, yeah. and you know it was all real. It's just like it's almost like groovy orchestra when I listen to Shadé's yeah, music. Yeah. Like it's like yeah, but it was no genre. It's just like very composition music. It's like and I always everybody likes her shit. Everybody likes her shit. Yes. White folk, black folk, people who listen to metal, people who listen to uh, techno, experiment like it just permeates through all. Throughout all genres, I'd be so insecure about my Sade fetish. I thought Sade was dead. 
dead until like 2000. And she's still fine as a motherfucker. <laughs> I thought she was dead because I always just saw like the greatest hits and stuff floating around. I was like, I was gonna, I was gonna deal with that. But then I was just gonna listen to all of this stuff. And it's like, Shotty coming out. I was like, shit, alive. <laughs> I was working there. I was turning that radio. I saw some with John Bond. I was like, shot. I waited 10 years on the Shotty album. Like 19 at the time. I've learned Shotty throughout the years because my mama loved it. Yep. Like shot ain't coming out with a new album. Like she alive. Yeah, like I'm, I'm like, about to real? be on that like, shit. She alive, alive. Like she got new projects, like greatest hits or collection. Like and she didn't did some gangster stuff in her real life because her, her husband or whatever like that is on some gangster stuff. So she out there being gangster too. I'm like, my goodness. And see, that's a real life gangsters. Not like not like people playing it on TV. These are the, these are like how country music people are really really about that life. But they try to pretend like they're all church going. Shout out even the background, the back, like I said, the background stories. One feature. 40, what, 40, 50, 40 year career? Right now? One feature. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. It was Jay Z. <laughs> this nigga. <laughs> that nigga's amazing. He only got one feature. Hey, look, that's why, that's why he got that song. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Somebody should be like a, like a business asshole with a lot of money that don't listen to y'all and breaking our rules yeah. and set his own. Like we should have one person like that. <laughs> he's like the best representation of it. He's like done it tastefully still. But still been been very blunt, like fuck y'all. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's very like tasteful. Open letter verse is like crazy. You like, know, I tell you, like said, chill, you gonna give me a peach. You don't need this shit anyway. You be on the beach. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Don't learn today. Like, oh my yeah, god, yeah, this yeah. nigga's like niggas beefing with CNN. Like, <laughs> like rappers beefing with the news station. Like, <laughs> I'd rather uh, how it go. Say that shit. I'd rather uh, live in Normans than die dormant. That's why we on. Die Normans than yeah. live dormant. That's how we on it. Yeah. I fucked it all up. That's all good. With my reasonable doubt, loving ass, I shouldn't have yeah. fucked that up. Yeah. Can I live? Yeah, that's what I'm That shit's so fucking hard. Man, what? That shit's so hard. I had to go back and do my. Re- I didn't become a Jay Z fan until the Black Album. And mm-hmm. I was like, what's the big deal? Like, he just got uh, more money cash holes with Jermaine Dupree. <laughs> I was like, and Big Pimpin'. I was like, okay, you know what? He do got a few. Like, let me. When you this. went back, your mind was back, blown. Was like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, I had to. I, but, you know, that's, cool. that's growing up in Southern culture, you know. Mm-hmm. Lil Wayne was always our champion because he was the same age. He was close to our age, and he didn't look like Bow Wow and Romeo. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that was our thing. Like, nah, fuck that. We, like I knew Jay was real just from a lyric standpoint. I knew Jay was real when I heard Dead President. And my cerebral be the wicked deceitful thoughts that the flow will feed you. And it was two versions of the song, as we all know. But when I heard that shit, I'm like, this nigga's a fucking miracle dynamo. And then <laughs> when Annie came out, I'm like, this bitch done reached a whole nother stratosphere. Yeah, like, that sound was crazy. I definitely used that on some mixtape days back then. <laughs> like, let me get that beat. <laughs> yeah, man. And that's what you a student of, bro. You you you're a student of the art, the energy, the legacy of hip hop, and everything that you take in. You're just trying to put it back out in the universe through your music and your being and who you are as an MC and as a person. And we really 
Real nigga rap. We really appreciate you coming up here and fucking with us, bro. Because you ain't have to come up here and talk to us. You ain't have to come up here and be vulnerable. You ain't have to come up here and, and kick it with us, bro. And I, I, I know I speak for both of us when I say thank you. We really appreciate it, my nigga. Thank y'all for having me, man. The Ubix Cube, a, mu a musical manifesto, November 10th, right? Yep, I'm gonna drop the link for Amazon on November 10th. But if you can, pre-order your, t if you're in the Birmingham area, pre-order your tickets for the sit-down sessions. If you pre-order your tickets, you get the book for free. Yes, sir. Fred, you got anything to say before we slip and slide about this thing? It's, it's been great. I'm glad we got Eugene out and eugene right now eugene yeah y-o-u gene right and gene like Wright. i said we hope to have him back like again as he's working on other projects let us know about the Sanco uh, sankofa suite and whatever else is going on all right this has been another episode of the grown-ass man hip-hop show i am joey burnham and this is your boy fred freeze tune in fuck with us in the future peace Peace. <laughs> you want to give us a drop? Just talk shit. Yo, grown ass man, hip hop show, bitch ass niggas ain't fucking with the grown ass man, hip hop show. Eugene said that shit. Say that exactly that way. With What's good, world? It's Eugene Wright, and you listen to the grown ass man, hip hop show with your young ass. <laughs> <laughs> your boy. Your boy, no, sir.